Well, I was excited to discover what new and interesting technical issues there would be. But there's none. Well, the, I mean, the technical issue is with me. I'm sick as a dog, so if I uh, make um, noises, I apologize to you and everybody that's listening. <laughs> I will try and smash that mute button as quickly as yeah, I the can. the cough button, yeah. Are you not too jet-lagged? You know, I never adjusted because I was so sick that I slept most of the time in Hong Kong. Uh, so I never, I never really adjusted. Uh, so no, actually, jet lag's been fine. That that would that would make for a great uh, episode, both here and for Attaché when he comes out. The the sick dog in Hong Kong. Oh man, is that your Wes Anderson Attaché episode or something? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll need this, I guess. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Yeah, I feel like that. We meet again. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. That's entirely my fault. So I apologize, everybody, for the delay in uh, getting this episode out. No, no, are. it's fine. I, we it's, we've 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 both been traveling quite uh, quite a, a lot, actually. Um, what have we done? So I'll, I've done just in the first two weeks of November. I've done uh, Ethro, Charles de Gaulle, Orly, Newark, um, Zurich, I'm Istanbul, Karachi, Doha, Valencia in Spain, and a missing one. And um, <laughs> man, and I think that, you've done what uh, for sure. So Helsinki, Vilnius. Have you not done Vilnius? Mm, yes, Vilnius. Vilnius, uh, Rhodes that you still haven't talked about, but that was a while ago. Uh, uh, you've got Frankfurt as well you've had that experience as well yeah <laughs> yeah that, and you and that. you've been to a decision a destination we we never covered actually one that is very obscure and and soulless uh, excel oh man you know that place it was a very interesting experience but that that place <laughs> uh it's you said this that london doesn't have a good uh, a conference center and that's true there are a lot of lovely venues but Every city's got like one of those conference centers. This one is is so gargantuan; it's just uh, beyond comprehension. So it, it kind of goes guardrail. You have you know the, all of these royal institution of X or the association of X, and they've all got these beautiful theaters and and all of that stuff. And you sometimes end up there, or you go to the XL, which is like yeah. You know where they keep the Millennium Falcon. It's just it's so it's so huge and cavernous. But that was World Travel Market, which actually was a very interesting experience. My first. Oh, time okay. I'm I'm happy. Yeah, because the reason I mentioned that, guys, is that that's the date we were supposed to record our previous episode. Actually, thank God we didn't, because I was literally for a day and a half in London. Say, oh, let's record one. I would have not had the time to to edit or to do any kind of production, and I would have not released it before I came back, which was a few days ago, uh, because I've been basically away all the month of November, so that's fine. But it was it, so it was World Travel uh, Market, what was the name? Yeah, I... I was it good? Uh, yeah, it was fascinating. I I hadn't really prepared. I didn't really know what was going on. It was, uh, I, I was asked to go and that's participate. That's my motto in life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, it's not, not always a bad thing, actually. <laughs> in this instance, actually, it wasn't either, because I went in with no expectations. I was I was asked to participate in a conversation uh, at, at the last minute. and um, But it was, I'd forgotten how big that place is. I, I've spoken there once many, many years ago. But it if, if you're not familiar with World Travel Market, it's basically destinations, airlines, tourism boards. Mm -hmm. I mean, destinations at the, at the country level yeah. and at the city level. And so you have, you know, these tiny little hotels that have like a train ticket booth sized display. And then you have something like, I don't know, India or uh, Abu Dhabi 
for example, or the host sponsor Morocco, which had things that were tens of thousands of square feet and wow. just, they looked like full permanent in installations. So it, it was, it was quite an experience and it's basically speed dating. I think from what I could tell people going around going, I've got to go to this meeting, got to go to that meeting. Luckily I didn't have to participate in any of that, but um, yeah, very interesting <laughs> to see the angles that people are taking to sell travel in a post COVID world. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some reports actually about it, but it's yeah, it's interesting. And and as as far as convention centers go, let's be honest, most of the big ones of any city are pretty soulless. Uh, they even, are soulless, you know. Even the I don't know what was the name when we met SunTech. I don't know if it qualifies as a convention center. I guess it's more like a conference center, but also it's not that fantastic. Honestly, yeah. it's better because it's probably it within the city, more like the. Except at least you get to see Lucy. You next door. Yeah. You're right there. You get to. It's actually very easy to get to. It wasn't the day I went because there was a DLR uh, drivers strike, but there was you know there are no drivers at DLR. Well, are they not driverless? I I appreciated the irony of it. I don't think anybody that was missing connections or meetings appreciated the irony of that because yes, the DLR is an autonomous vehicle for all intents and purposes. So I think. Uh, there was a little bit of trolling going on, but it was one of the big games. The robots have arisen, but uh, they go on strike. Yeah, yeah, it's time. We always knew this was going to happen. I think we just have to deal with it now. <laughs> just accept it. Did uh, And then I'll play the music for Genkadai. Did, did uh, since you mentioned Abu Dhabi, did they talk about the new terminal at... Um at Abu Dhabi. At no, it was surprisingly uh, not a part of their pitch. Uh, so, no, no, I uh, that's, I should have asked about that. How's that airport of yours going? Because I was right. Uh, okay, I had a hunch, but I was right. In the previous episode, I said November 14th, and I ended up November 14th. Actually, I was right if I'm very pedantic, because on November 14th, they had transferred all the flights to the new terminal which is not more called uh, midfield. And of course, I don't know what it's called. Terminal 1, Terminal A, something like that. Terminal A, maybe. I didn't take any notes, guys, so I'm really sorry. Um, and But they started a transfer on November 1. So just a few days after we recorded the last episode, they started having, I think, 10 or 20 flights uh, transferred. And on November 14th, everything was transferred. I had a chance. I could have taken Etihad to go to to Karachi, where I went. I ended up going with, uh, with uh, Qatar. I thought about it for two seconds. Like, would it not be cool to land on the way there to the old airport and transfer mm -hmm. there and on the way back to transfer in the new one? Uh, yeah. We had a listener, uh, Mathieu, who um, went there, actually, he was on his way to Japan, if I'm not mistaken, and he sent me a few pictures, it looks pretty, it is really huge, man, it's, um, and, and, and apparently I've, I've also met at Karachi, someone who lives there, tells me they've already implemented, like, facial boarding passes and stuff so i think you just walk through stuff he's a resident in abu dhabi so probably get some of the stuff that we can get in terms of registrations of passports and so on but he says i just had to walk through the airport from entering the airport to the the, the gate and pretty much everything but just walking uh, no no interaction so, that's pretty great yeah that's, that's that's pretty cool and um and then i'll play the music again can i promise you since you just triggered me um i triggered myself with uh, uh <laughs> They have not joined Sky Team, but they have joined uh, Flying Blue. So now, if you fly Air France KLM Etihad, 
you can actually you know earn and redeem miles on whichever for the other so if you let's say you fly air france you can redeem on etihad or you mm. fly etihad you can redeem on klm and i think they are exploring uh, of course lounge access re reciprocation is that a word i don't know ground handling and and terminal co-location which means that you'll see more of these three uh, tied together is that something is that a road towards joining a Sky Team? That's what so, I was just thinking. I mean, when you when you started mentioning ground handling and yeah. lounge reciprocity and uh, all of that stuff, it feels like there's somewhere in the in the depths of one of those offices there's a roadmap to get them fully integrated. <laughs> exactly. At least it feels like that Etihad is is walking waking up sorry from, from its slump there was like this big era that it was kind of nowhere going really nowhere it seems to be back to being something so at least yeah. that's cool uh let's play that music for Genkara before I forget So I need we need to apologize for the sound of the last episode <laughs> it's been a it's, 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 it's one of the things, you know, we had just one morning to record and uh, Alexandra was in uh, Kazakhstan. You were having audio issues. Everybody was having issues. And at some point I made a call. I said, you know, I'm going to go with that. We recorded on Zoom. It, uh, and then, of course, when I listened to the end product, which is very different from what we're using here, I couldn't listen live to what was being recorded, whereas yeah. here I can listen exactly to what is being recorded. And obviously <laughs> the sound wasn't great. But I said, you know, better ship it. Uh, and the feedback was actually great. Besides, the sound Yeah, the content the was great. Yeah. Alexandra was so interesting. Yeah, she, she, she was lovely. She was fascinating. And people loved you, Alexandra. So, yeah, you, um, you were right to wait. You were to insist to, to be <laughs> featured one day on, uh, on layovers. Now, of course, I've gotten since then, of course, other emails from other fans wanting to be on. Guys, you, you know the delay now. It's five years between the first yeah. email. <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah, I flew. I, so I said I flown so many airlines. It felt like I was in. It felt like I was in 2017, 18, 19 for for a few weeks there. Um, stayed, you know, two weeks in in New York and et cetera, et cetera. I I liked it. But I was exhausted at the end. Um, I, I think it took me a week to recover. Not that I wasn't functional, but to recover, as in almost, I had like my body didn't know what the jet like where it was located in the world. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't want to do that again. I'm going to probably have a few bursts like these, but doing it the way I did it, I was like, was I mad? Or maybe I was just younger. I, I, there's definitely some of that though, isn't there? I think there's fatigue, general hangover, not literally hangover, but like COVID hangover fatigue. I don't think it's a lack of fitness either in, in our no. traveling. Uh, but I think that... We've we've touched on this both of us since since COVID, maybe even started before COVID, that yeah. our enthusiasm and excitement about air travel and travel in general had waned a little bit. Uh, and so you don't have that to offset the just general faffery and exhaustion that yeah. comes with intercontinental travel. You mentioned fitness, I mean, better health now that I was, because I'm not traveling as much, I can take care of myself a, a little bit better, but it didn't help actually. But at least, you know what, that was interesting. It's not only content to both of us that we've traveled quite a, quite a lot. It's only content for the next few episodes that, that we'll cover. Uh, because, of course, we, don't have, we won't have time to do all this this week. And, I've, you know, I've had everything from 
cars burning to oh, wow. downgrades to and that will be in following episodes guys i just want to mention one thing uh about it's not about the travels it's linked to the travels is uh for Qatar Airways. al baker has resigned that was quite surprising, quite sudden as well. I hope that it's not linked to any health concerns. Uh, we're not a gossip show, so we, we're not we're not TMZ so for the airlines. So we're not going to yeah. look into it. But it was quite sudden. And after se- twenty seven years, I believe, in uh, at Qatar helm at the helm of Qatar Airways, it's quite a a, bi- a big change because is is one of these key industry players that really reshaped the, the 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 industry he was also very brazen which is why i will regret him i know he's not everybody everybody's cup of tea i know that sometimes probably he spoke a little bit too much and he shouldn't have and i totally f- understand that is that easy the jeremy clarkson of the airlines i'm not sure but I will regret the fact that sometimes, you know, he didn't really care about the veil of uh, or the fog of PR and actually went all in. I'm sure that Boeing is happy not to having pushing back on having ladders in the North Carolina Dreamliners and Airbus is happy not having him to push back on the peeling of the <laughs> painting of the yeah. 350s. But he was he's someone that actually pushed the envelope. He was, and he. I think he, you know he did keep those manufacturers accountable. Him and Tim yeah. Clark are really have always been good Correct. at at saying, "Well, hold on a minute, guys," and and asking important questions and saying, "Not good enough," which is important when you have, for all intents and purposes, a duopoly in the yeah. air, in the aircraft manufacturing space. And he did it as you as you said in such a. He he's, he was not a kind of dyed in the wool businessman. He was almost an entertainer as well. So all of the things that he said out, you're like, I don't think you can say that. It's very funny, uh, yeah. and I'm sure that there's a more uh, constructive and polite way of putting yeah. that point across. But actually, maybe the maybe we all needed to hear hear what you just said. So I I I, I echo your sentiments about. Hoping, hoping there's nothing untoward happening uh, health wise or anything like that, and, um, and and wish him the best. I'll be very interested to see where he lands, and I'm also very interested to see who becomes his long term successor. I know they've. Oh, it was, he was just named. Interim. I don't have his name. Oh. He was just named. He was at the helm of. Uh, he was a COO. I might be mistaken, guys. Don't quote me. The C, the Chief Operating Officer of Hamad International Airport. So the airport. That and seems was, like a good choice. Yeah. And uh, I think the big change, the one big change that already happened is that Qatar Airways has removed his, uh, the curfew, the famous curfew for crew. So the, the crews, and that was very heavily criticized for, for a long time, the crews had to uh, be in the, within the quarters between a certain time in the evening and a certain time in the morning, which, for instance, was a bit stupid. You know, you couldn't, um, let's say you and me were working at Qatar Airways as flight attendants, and let's say we, because of jet lag or et cetera, we would wake up at 4.30 or 5, which is a great time to go out running in yeah, these yeah. countries. Because least, hot, yeah. You couldn't, because I think the, cur- the curfew would end at 5.30 or 6. I don't remember the yeah. exact timings. Now it's become like uh, all, all the airlines. Was it something that was already planned? Was it something that this new CEO has implemented? I don't know, but at least there are signs that the airline is changing. And I think he made some speech about saying it, looking towards the future, the usual. Let's see. Let's see. Let's give him a chance, yeah. obviously. He might. He won't probably be as uh, as uh, outspoken as Al Baker, but maybe it's actually 
part two, um, chapter two of the airline. Now he needs now to to become um, like Emirates, like a big airline. Now he has like yeah, you know, revolutionized um, a lot of the things. It needs to be a, a more stable airline. Let's see. Um, so today, today, I, I mean, you've got you've seen the the title of the episode. Uh, we uh, we won't cover most of the stuff. It will be for forthcoming episodes. Um, we will. Alex, as I think I've used you've used Finnair. I think you've used Lot as well, which has been quite a while. We we traveled with Lot together a long time ago. Yeah. BA, of course, this will be part of your trip. Um, Frankfurt will be for next time. I'm very keen to hear about that. But of course, it's the you know, it's the return of Alex Hunter to Hong Kong. So you know, after COVID, obviously, uh, but also because it's your home, it's your love. And I know uh, a little bit about it. You've just returned from it, like, what, yesterday, two days ago or something? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah Monday morning. It's yeah, we're recording Wednesday, Wednesday, the 29th of uh, November, 2023. So two days ago, a day and a half ago, actually. And um, so, yeah, your return to uh, Hong Kong and back and how you went there, what happened. I want to learn everything about it. So please go ahead. Yeah, yeah, my, Take my home. beloved Hong Kong. Yeah, I... I, I I don't know why it's taking me this long. I think uh, it's been a confluence of circumstance that has prevented me from getting back as soon as I possibly could. But Hong Kong, uh, as I'm sure everybody will remember, had some of the strictest COVID yeah. measurements in the world. They were going for this bizarre zero COVID goal. Well, I mean, that was ostensibly the reason, but we won't get into that right now. Uh, and I don't know if if anybody else has seen it, but lately – Quite a few of the Chinese airlines have been doing these unbelievable deals from out of out of Heathrow, all yeah. over Asia, not uh, through China, actually not to China necessarily. So, what initially sparked this return was there was a fantastic fare on China Eastern oh. to Okinawa. Oh yeah, you mentioned it on yeah. Jack's and flight, I think. Yeah, on Jack's flight, who I I really admire. There, we should try and get them on here one day. Yeah, they're very good. They're really yeah. good at surfacing um, yeah. these these fares that are unusual uh, for the route. And, and I don't even pay for it. I use the free version. It's yeah, really, yeah, really good. it is good. I, I admire them. I, I admire the, the way the way that they do it, and I admire the way that they run the site. Um, and that that popped up, and I, and I've wanted to do an Okinawa episode since I first went there. Maybe even before then, since I saw some imagery uh, of the of Naha, uh, the main island, and so we, Greg and I were looking at calendars and everything like that. And by the time I got there, based on my schedule, I would only have about 40 hours on the ground in Okinawa. And that would be multiple legs of flights just to get there and back. And I just thought, you know what? That's going to, that's going to, and I tried, I tried everything to get there and, Every airline, every combination, every no matter how I could do it, miles, combinations of miles, one ways, in and out of this, you know, fly to a hub and then LCC to Okinawa. I just yeah. couldn't make it work where it would it would kill me. And as a byproduct of that, I actually found a BA mileage redemption seat to Tokyo from London, oh. which if you're at all familiar with BA or anybody. Those are like hen's teeth. They're impossible. So I, they, I, you cannot find I them. I keep trying to find one to actually go to Tokyo, and the next available is in 2027 or something. I I couldn't believe my luck, and I bought. So I got it. 
It's like, oh. okay, well, if I fly to Tokyo, then I can, you know, there's a there's a billion flights a day from Tokyo yeah. to Okinawa. Um, so I jumped on it and just, and, and held it. And actually in that process, I got quite familiar with a lot of these sites that have popped up that I've never used before, but I think in the last four or five years, the software, I guess it would be, has improved so much in finding mileage availability across multiple airlines. In the past, you would have to go to each airline individually. Yeah. And even then, if you wanted to find a seat on, let's let's just say for argument's sake, BA, and BA was showing no availability, there were sometimes tricks to go on like Qantas, or yes. American and find it. So you would then have to go to each site individually. Yeah, from, yeah, from the partners, exactly. Yeah, and, and then and to find the same flight, uh, same seat on the same flight on the same airline. Now it would seem that there are these new services that will do that for you. Um, and they will give you a, you know, a couple of searches uh, for free and then you pay a nominal amount to do. Yeah, there's quite a few. Have you found one that actually covers, because usually they they still cover, for instance, one alliance. Yeah. It's rare that, yeah, you still have to use multiple ones. But I mean, they're better. Yeah, it's true. They are They are better. And I think that that they've they've found that sweet spot of doing the heavy lifting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go in and actually go to the website. I mean, it will say, you know, there are 12 possible websites you would need to visit to find availability on this flight. We've checked them all. You can ignore these 10. Just go and look at those those two. We think these are the numbers, but you would need to go and check yourself. And that that in, its, in and of itself is incredibly useful. So I got quite familiar with those. A lot of them offer alert services. So when a seat is released, they immediately ping you. Yep. Uh, and you can do it by class. You can do it by date. So that was that was really interesting to learn about and try and get my feet a little bit wet with that technology because I feel like I'm going to be using it more and more. You and I have had conversations about our mileage buckets and how they're becoming yeah. just less and less valuable. Yeah, because of the devaluation, I said, uh, we said um, on messages in the past six weeks, guys, we said, yeah, I might as well use it. Yeah. I use them, sorry. I mean, and I've used them. I'll talk about in the following episode, but I've used them because at some point, if we wait for them to be there, it's not as, as good as they're going to get more useful. On the contrary, no. they are devaluated every single day. So I yeah. might as well. Yeah. There's definitely a trend across the board of devaluing in the guise of what, what is, I can't remember the euphemism they all keep using, but it's basically we've made it better. And it's like, and let, let, it, let us illustrate for you now how we've not made it better, uh, but we're still going to say we've made it better. So I, I, that was an interesting byproduct. It got to a point where Greg and I were just looking at the calendars and looking at what we would need to get to Okinawa and going, this, this isn't going to work. In, in the interim, I found a flight to Hong Kong on China Southern via Shanghai for a, a really good price, uh, like through 300 and something pounds, which round trip, which is- What? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Crazy. And there's part of this trend of, I don't know why the Chinese airlines are doing it, but anyway, I, I just thought, hey, great, great. So I booked Greg on that after I confirmed, like, let's, let's go back and finish this Hong Kong episode that we started five years ago and weren't yeah. able to finish- you should mention that because yeah, yeah, you did. I think you mentioned during the lifetime of this show that you had been there, you started recording. Yeah. Uh, there was even some footage I think you posted or maybe you shown me and then you never finished that one. So. We, yeah, that's right. In late 2018, uh, we went to film 
ostensibly with the goal to discover how much Hong Kong had changed in 1997. We filmed for three days, but we didn't quite get everything we were hoping for. So we just said, look, let's come back uh, in a few months and we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll finish up. But unfortunately life and the world had different plans and we never got back. And it's just been sitting there waiting to be finished. And of course, lots of things have happened in the world and in Hong Kong's life to change the narrative of that fairly substantially. So we jumped at that opportunity. I booked Greg on that flight. It was like a four hour layover in Shanghai on the way back and a two hour layover on the way there and a two hour layover on the way back, which didn't seem, didn't seem horrendous on, on paper. I, because of my timings, I could not take advantage of that fare. It wasn't available every day. Uh, and that's when I had to go, okay, I've got to be creative here because I have, I've booked, I've booked Greg's non-refundable fare. I have to figure out a way to get out there. <laughs> that's not going to, you know, mean yeah. the entire production budget is on my flight, you know? Um, so I, I, that's, I started tinkering with these mileage things again, and I found a BA flight, BA flight to Hong Kong twice a day at the moment. Uh, and it was an 8.45 p.m. departure from Heathrow. And it was not a lot of miles, maybe 30,000 miles. In economy? In a, uh, in a in premium economy, actually. Oh, wow. 30,000. Yeah. So, so maybe I think return it was like, or one way? No, no, no. One way. One oh, okay. Way. Yeah, okay. So if you think about it, like a 70, 70 75,000 round trip is about what you would expect to do for, mm -hmm. for premium economy. But Correct. here's the thing that blew my mind about this. We, I, dunk on BA relentlessly, um, and I'm doing it less and less, and we've both observed yeah, significant improvements in, in, in customer experience on those guys. The IT still sucks unbelievable amounts of ass, but that's a different conversation. We have lamented, and this is not just BA, we have lamented since maybe the birth of this podcast, the fees and taxes ex Heathrow, uh, yes. whether you're paying cash, whether you're paying miles. So it would, it, any decent mileage fare you got would be offset by the staggering amount of fees that you have to pay. It's true. The total amount of fees for this booking was 100 pounds. That's on, nothing. Man. On the nose. That's, isn't that, does that even cover ADP? I'm not even sure. I don't, I, I have no <laughs> the airport idea. airport tax duty. Um, yeah, guys. I have no idea. I would love oh. for somebody to chime in and explain because when I was looking at Cathay flights, uh, because Cathay have more frequency from Hong Kong, which is always good. But were you able to find availability on Cathay via one of these websites or how did you? Uh, that's an interesting, interesting question. Uh, Maybe you'll get there. Sorry, I'm preempting you. No, so. no, no, no. I could see it on BA's flight because they're a partner, but it was yeah. it was mainly like fly to Geneva, fly to Frankfurt, fly to Paris, fly to fly to Helsinki, and then jump on the Cathay flight. Oh, I see. So it was a it was BA connecting to Cathay within Europe, uh, but then I could go on the Cathay website and look at their availability uh, using Asia Miles to do that. But no matter how I sliced it using a Cathay flight, the fees and taxes were 260, 270 pounds. So mm. I don't know how or why BA was different, but uh, well, it was a no-brainer at that point. Yeah, it's a deal. Yeah. yeah, it really was a deal. So I jumped I jumped on that point. And then I, w I 
I just let it. I'm like, okay, I can get there. I'll figure out how to get back later. <laughs> uh, and I, I was you can always hire a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was looking and looking and looking, and, and Cathay ended up being a really good deal because Cathay oh. have these as as do BA uh, have these sort of midnight flights back from Hong Kong that arrive very early. The same if you're you know, if you're counting midnight as the yeah, same yeah, day. Yeah. The same day in London. I used to do those all the time as a kid coming back to boarding school. Uh, so you get that full day in Hong Kong. You go to the airport at night. Yeah. You get on a plane. You fall asleep. Come back. And yeah. so I booked myself in a, a economy in the end. So that was not that was a pure. You bought it outright. There's no no no. I, that was a mileage Asia miles a, a redemption. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and using X, your credit card or something. Using my Amex to convert, which yeah. was an instantaneous yeah. process, yeah. and. My, the taxes and fees out of Hong Kong were were not bad at all. They were like 150, okay, 120 good. pounds, and that was that was an economy. Um, interesting side note on the BA leg, um, I I had a a decent seat. I could see a decent seat on 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 uh, expert flyer at at the bulkhead because every other, every other seat was kind of like taken, but I couldn't. <laughs> I think I sent you the screenshot. Uh, it was basically, I got to pull it up because the language is hilarious, but, um, because it was a bulkhead in premium economy, there's only one bulkhead in premium economy. And therefore it's the only place where you could put a bassinet, uh, realistically. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I tried to select the seat, um, and it said something like, I can't find the screenshot right now, but it was basically like, uh, you can't select this seat because it's reserved for people with infants. Um, and then the next line says, the infant on your booking is now associated with this seat. I'm like, first of all, which is it? And secondly, why infant? There's no infant <laughs> associated with my booking. Anyway, it was a pop-up, so I couldn't- I They couldn't, give you an infant for free. That's... They give me a baby. It's a part of, like, you get an eye mask and some earplugs and a baby, you know, if you've been particularly poorly behaved. But I was like that. It was, it was B-A-I-T in a nutshell. It's a nanny service. You're taking somebody else's baby from somebody the flight. Else, and you take yeah. care of, yeah. Oh, my God. My mom had to do that. That was She She did that what? for Cathay. She would ferry back us, 12, 12 uh, yep. between 12 and 20 of us, Sn oh, wow. snotty turds across the and then fly straight back anyway I was like I, the seat's free I can see it's free I can also understand why they would block it for the airport but then somebody told me this trick and it might have been you I went on Royal Jordanian on their website and I did manage my booking and I put my BA PNR and my surname in there and it pulled it up straight away and seat map and I could select that seat and I could continue. And then I go back on the BA website and there I am sitting in that seat. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is much better than the integration between BA and Iberia because I'll tell the story in another episode when I try to do that, both websites, Iberia on one, on one end and BA, would not show the same seat. Which is like, which is it then? So BA in that case actually listened to Royal Jordanian and, and oh, that's great. Well, I did wonder like, am I actually going to have that seat? But yeah, of course. It was, I, I, th I thought that was so, that was so strange. But it, it in terms of the, the redemption process and all of that stuff and then um, uh, paying for it and all of that, was, it was actually very straightforward and, and surprisingly... Surprisingly uh, cheap, and I actually, I there was a, I booked myself on the eight forty five p.m. 
flight from London to Hong Kong, which got into Hong Kong at around 7 p.m. the next day. Uh, yeah. Uh, and there is also a 5 p.m. departure from London, mm -hmm. but it wasn't showing any mileage availability. So I set up okay. an alert on one of these things uh, so that if it did, because you know I, that arrived at 2 p.m. in Hong Kong and I have a little bit more time to go and film and do some scouting and stuff like that. And sure enough, I got an alert, went on the website, was able to change it with no fees, no no nothing. Oh, the, you were able to change on BA.com? I was able to change on BA.com, wow. yeah. Uh, and that was a very straightforward process to, Good. to change it. The managing mileage redemption and mileage bookings on BA actually works quite well. Um, eh, well, I had some issues. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, no, it's true that if it's, yeah, no, it's okay. Actually, no, it's not. It's not the best, but it works. No, you, I'm, I'm, I'm being unfair. But I think I think what I like about it is it's instantaneous. So if you book it, the miles are taken from your account. The seat, the ticket is allocated. There's no manual intervention. There's yes. no, and and if you cancel yes. a mileage thing, you instantly get your miles back, and you instantly get whatever taxes and fees you 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 paid back. Yeah. There's no like we'll get back to you in seven to ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. I like, and a lot of airlines don't no, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. So I. I eventually uh, settled on those two two flights. It was a, it was a seven eight seven eight on 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 BA, and it was funny. I sent you this message when I arrived at uh, uh, at Heathrow. T five landside empty, <laughs> like I, eerily empty. Like I was like, what's what's going on? And I they've I don't know if you've if you've been to T5 lately, but yes. they've they've moved yes. everything around. So I don't yes. get the privilege of using the first wing anymore. So Yeah, but you can use a club on the other side or not? Well, that was the As weird thing is that the last time I went to club, which was in the summer, it was right next to the first wing. Yeah, now they put block. it on the south side. Yeah, like so the I walked north up. side, sorry, south is first wing. So basically, guys, on the on other the side, side of the yeah. entire tunnel, you have to walk all the way through to the other side. But I walked up and there was premium economy check-in in front of me. And I asked the lady, uh, you know, where's where's club now? I was just out of curiosity. And she's like, oh, it's down the other end. But she kind of gestures broadly at the empty check-in desks. And she's like, you're welcome to go here. I'm like, oh, I'm absolutely going here. I was just curious to know where you moved it. Uh, and they, uh, I went up to this, uh, to the booth, the booth, check-in desk. It would be nice if they were little booths, like booth, old-fashioned right? ticket windows. Uh, and there was a there was a young lady being being trained, and it was fascinating to her to hear her supervisor or, or whoever she was training her explain the like the processes. You know, oh, it's a mileage redemption, so you need to go on this tab, uh, and now ask him where he's going, and now ask him if he's got any checked in, checked baggage, and since he's a silver member, remind him he can use the lounge. And it was like this is so this is interesting to to hear what is supposed to happen. Yeah. Uh, and it was all very straightforward. I, I brought a checked bag because I was bringing um, some of my cameras and stuff mm -hmm. uh, in my carry-on. So I needed to put stuff to yeah. the Royal the crap. But I fully expected to buy a bunch of stuff in Hong Kong if I had time, which never ends up being the case. Landside, however, was a zoo, an absolute <laughs> zoo, which is kind of what we expect of T5. Yes. But I was like, where... Where are all these people coming from? Because spontaneous generation. Yeah, they're just like exactly. They're just spawning, you know, after security. Um, but it was, uh, you know, he T five 
we've there's nothing they can do about the layout, but it's it's always those mm. weird pinch points and and you know you you zig and zag and bob and weave through the peop the massive people who are all trying to get to the same place that you are yeah uh, away from security and into the yeah. night the terminal itself but i went over to uh the what is it the south lounge because now have they always had this they have a indicator of how busy the lounges are now like a, a screen I- I do not recall that, but I've seen that last time. Although I was in the first last time. I was like, oh, nice to yeah. do that now. Uh, I have not been. So you were the South Galleries or whatever. Galleries South, it. yeah. Were they refurbished already? Was this one refurbished a bit already or not? Because I've, I've heard, but again, I've not been. I've heard that they are either refurbishing it, them, because <sighs> there are two, maybe three, or it, in the process of, or are, will be doing. <laughs> Did not anyway, does, feel, you, didn't, you didn't spot it. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I have not been in that lounge in years. Yeah, forever. Five or six years at least. It didn't feel a lot different, but maybe they've just taken away five or six years worth of wear and tear that I wouldn't like mm. I wouldn't have noticed otherwise. Yeah. Uh it was it was pretty busy, but actually I I quite like that lounge. Uh it 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 because it's got the lower ceilings compared to the first class lounge, it feels a little bit cozier and 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 dark in a nice way. Mm-hmm. The way that they've lit it is really nice. It was it was busy, and I wasn't there for for a particularly long time. Uh, but I, I I I don't hate that lounge. I don't hate that lounge. It's 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 nothing to write home about, but it is it's a comfortable place. The food and and uh, and drink uh, options. Uh, we're good. We're really solid, actually, all buffet style, and that's that's fine. But mm. I was I was pleased to go in there uh, again, furthering the theme of BA's customer experience resurrection. The gal that let me into the lounge was bubbly and cheery. It's the kind of tone that you would expect at Virgin Atlantic. That kind of what they oh. use as a differentiator between the sort of mm. stiff matronly BA. She was very casual and and I liked that. It was personable and it was it was nice and our you know our interaction lasted 10 seconds, but it was like this is this is you I'm talking to. I'm not talking yeah. to a robot and you're not you're making eye contact uh, as if you know we were having a genuine moment. But yeah, so it was it was good in the um and like I said I didn't spend a lot of time there. The the flight was going out of the B gates. So I I did what I always do and I walked because, and I'm really glad I did because the way you get to the walkway is you join everybody else in the elevator to go down to level negative two to take the train. And then you go down to negative four, which is where the, the walkway to the, the walkway. B and C mm. piers is. And it stopped at the, at the, at minus two. And, I, and the, the, the sea of humanity that was in front of me, was like, I feel justified in this decision <laughs> of walking. Not that I wouldn't have anyway, but. It was, it was, I've never seen that many people deep waiting for the, waiting for the train. Yeah. It, same experience last time I went. Yeah. It's, I also walked. Yeah. I, I almost And also find walk. this train particularly slow, but it's not slow. The, 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 when he rides, it's slow. Waiting for it, there's not that many. Yeah. In the process of like opening the doors, I realized for safety, security reasons, pardon me, the we have some personnel goes inside and see there's no bags have been left, whatever, but it takes forever. When I compare that to pretty much any other train I take, whether 
the Qatar one, the new one I've taken recently, which I won't talk in this episode, it always feels like, so I'd rather walk because by the time I've done all this, I'm pretty much already there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's nice to stretch your legs before yes. you, you do a flight of a any, haul. of any length really. Um, so I always make a habit of it and I really do get a kick out of the, the murals that they have down there of these bucolic, yeah. idyllic British snapshots. You know, if, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. They're hilarious. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the flight went from, uh, one of the corner gates, uh, mm -hmm. which are always quite unusual just yeah. of the way that they're laid out. And, I was starting to get the sense of excitement. I'm like, I'm going, I'm going somewhere I love. And you're, you're hearing the announcements in, in English and in Cantonese. And I don't know if you've experienced this either. This was also very new to me. They now have these automated boarding announcements at the yes. gate. These, yes. these clearly AI generated. Yes, exactly. It's, it's still a bit uncanny. It is on, yeah. As in, you can still see it's uh, generated. Maybe yeah. in a few years it will be completely not obvious, but yeah. So it, it doesn't, it, you don't have the um, person bar, you know, with their mouth really close to the microphone at yes. the, the check-in desk saying, welcome to flight, blah, blah, blah. And you're going, what did she, what did she, what did she say? <laughs> They're very clear. They're very concise. And uh, I think it's a really, really good idea because it frees up the check-in agents to, to deal with all those people who go up to the check-in desk and say, are we, are we boarding now? Or can you move my seat or blah, blah, blah. By the uh, way, parenthesis, nothing to do, but it's just AI generative voice. I cannot recall, I was on a call with an airline. It was not BA. And now they have that to answer you. It's clearly AI generated. Uh, that's as in it's not, the you know, these weird recordings with these preset answers and questions. It's clearly listening to you and answering something that makes sense. Mm -hmm. However, you can still make out that it's limited at what it can do because it has a preset still somewhere like some playground, yeah? Yeah. And it was so frustrating because at, like literally for the first 10 seconds, I'm like, oh, I'm talking to someone and then not. And then I would ask for something specific and clearly it was not within the parameters yeah, of yeah. that, let's call it AI, whatever, LLM. And I was really, and I was starting to get, you know, pissed off. And I was yeah, like, yeah. give me someone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it's, it's actually, that's the future. Sorry, end of parenthesis. I no, just... no, I think you're, I think you're right. And I think that it's a, it's a sensible use of that technology, whatever you want to call it, to, to do that type of thing, because it's, it's so much clearer and it's so much easier to understand. And I think it removes any ambiguity because they're, they're scripted and they're tested and they're scripted and they're- Yeah, they're for the messages in the airport, that's yeah. for sure. It yeah. makes so much sense to do it like that. And, and it avoids the, uh, we are going from gate A, you know, like yeah, change yeah. of well, tone. Like. Exactly, there's that too. <laughs> um, so I, I, it was difficult to tell from the gate area because those those gates at the end of the, of the piers, the north and south ends of the piers, they kind of merge into each other. There's like two yes. or three gates at least- Yes. Uh, that merge in. So it's really hard to tell uh, looking around, like how many of these people are going to be on my flight. So it was, it was quite difficult to tell how busy the flight was, but we boarded pretty, pretty promptly. Actually uh, they started with um, group numbers and they were really on it about checking group numbers. When people were boarding, they had somebody at the front of the uh, entrance to the tensibarium maze 
checking passports, checking boarding passes, and turning people away, which is so refreshing to see that. Have you seen, by the way, um, Ed Parsons posted that he's now Group Zero? No. Yeah. I What think, the hell's that? Yeah, because it's GGL Gold Guest List. So he's he's just posted. I think it was on Instagram. Ed Parsons. You can always chime in on Twitter wherever you want, or just send us a text and email. I think it's Group Zero, which I guess it's the fact is it's a way to say you know Group One is gold and yeah. first or business or whatever. So then Group Zero means like he needs something higher to process GGLs first. So yeah, the boarding pass when it said Group Zero. And I think BA is trialing it. I don't know if it's fully oh, set. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Minus one. Yeah, group yeah. Group, minus five. Group theta. Yeah, I will be interested to see. Ed, let us know what that means What it, uh, in terms of boarding group. Like, when do you when do you board? How do you board? Does somebody carry yeah. you onto the airplane? I want to know all of this. <laughs> That's fascinating. No, I didn't really know old. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so I, I I can't remember if I actually concluded this point, but I did actually get that bulkhead seat in the end. Oh yeah, I did say that. In World yes, Day you did say it. And I kept an eye on on expert flyer. Is it two uh, on the Dreamliner? Is like two three two on Premium Economy? Two or f two four two. two four two maybe. maybe like yeah, I can't remember, but it's definitely two on the on the outsides. And okay. I, and uh, on expert flyer, the seat next to me had been blocked. Okay. So I was like, great! I even have a little bit. That's of That's the infant. Space. That's, that's the incident. Yeah, this is the infant that I'm supposed to be taking with me. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, I, I bore, I got my bulkhead seat and uh, everybody else boards. And it's sort of, I would say 70% full and put, you know, push back and, and the seat's empty. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, yes. no one next to me. This is great. Bingo. Take off reasonably on, on time uh, from the northerly runway. Uh, and, I'm looking on plane finder singers around middle or and flight radar. I take off and uh, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be a long one. It's just going to be just shy of 13 hours because we can't fly over Russia. So yeah, uh, this routing is going to be a long flight. So I might get settled in. And um, about 10 minutes after the seatbelt sign goes off, flight attendant comes up to me and says, "I'm going to be putting someone next to you. I'm really sorry." And I'm like, they're like, she's like, their IFE is is broken in economy, oh. and there are no other seats in economy. Saying, I'm like, okay, that's fine, I don't mind. Like, I'd be pissed yeah. if my IFE didn't work for twelve and a half hours either. Yeah. So fine, bring him up. Uh, and the guy was like, you know, chill, and we just sat there and, and 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 ate. But the routing was interesting because you go you go down as if and join the queue as if you're going to go to the Middle East, and there's always that yes. long line of airplanes. Line. Yes. And then at the Black Sea, you start to go east and you go over Turkmenistan, Kazakhstan, and you enter China in the northwest corner before arcing over and then cutting almost directly down south to the west of Hong Kong. And then when you're parallel with Hong Kong on the latitude, you do a sharp turn to the east before you go up. But it means that the flight there is is long even with tailwinds it was 12 and a half hours of mm. of just that was the longest flight i'd taken in a very long time i was about to say because with covid and everything that must have been the, one of the longest flights you've taken for a while yeah it, it really was and i hadn't been through any of that airspace in forever because <laughs> why would you when you would yeah. ordinarily meanwhile five hours later greg departs from heathrow on china southern to shanghai 
he is allowed to fly over Russia. And so yeah. we land at the same time. I was, I was like, you bitch. That was frustrating as hell. Um, including his, including his. No, no, he landed in Shanghai at the same time. Oh, I landed in Hong Kong. Oh, I see. Okay. But there's a, there's an, there's a, a little Greg story. Very efficient layover because I've done layovers in in Shanghai. They were pretty good, but not that good. As in, no. it's a big airport. No, no, <laughs> and the, I mean, BA the premium economy seat is 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 comfortable, and there's there's not a lot to say about it. That the the cabin crew were. Actually, really friendly. Just and they didn't know me from Adam, but they were they were really friendly and personable and chummy. The food was appalling, just <laughs> grotesque. And I couldn't really see any differentiation between what we got in premium economy and what they had in economy. Um, even the pre service drink is is just orange juice and water. There's no champagne anymore. Um, the food was just foul. So. Oh. It's really something that they've got to they've got to up their game on. But it was actually not not an unpleasant flight. I tried to sleep for a little bit of it. We landed in Hong Kong, and I was like, this point, I was getting like so excited, excited yeah. to be back. Yeah. And we landed on the new runway, which I think is oh. like the main operational runway now. Nice. Yeah. So you, they renamed their. Did they do like a Singapore? Did they rename the runways? You, you don't. You're not sure because you I know think what, to be honest with you, I don't know. Is Singapore the third one now? Is the right? I think, and the one that used to be right is Central. So they have a big C on it. Um, something like that. I anyway, would imagine really they must have, but it's definitely a point of pride because you go on the CLK website. And they're talking about it and you go on, uh, you know, they've got models of it, scale models in the airport mm. now. They're clearly very proud of it. And what's interesting is like the taxi from uh, that northern runway to the terminal, you're going through this monumental construction zone. Like, yeah, that's T2. Everywhere. T2. Yeah. It's like yeah. Oh, just just so much construction going on. And, it, you know, it's 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 pretty phenomenal really to see the scale of it. And you're kind of weaving through going, are we supposed to be here? Um, and it, it, it reminded me of how well an airport can be run because as soon as we, we taxied in um, to our gate, there was a legion of people there waiting to do their respective jobs to get us yeah. off the airplane and get our bags off the airplane in, in a timely manner. Just, Bam! As soon as we got there, uh, they were waiting, and they 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 jumped on the airplane. One of the things that I was struck by was how odd it was to see A three twenties and A three twenty ones in Cathay colors. Yeah, because obviously I've never seen that in person before because that transition had taken place since uh, the last time I was there. So uh, I I they are right there. They're very smart looking airplanes. They look they look great in that livery as well so it was cool to see that and and so many of them and all these other airlines i hadn't thought about and, or seeing like a korean air a320 you know when yeah. we're so used to seeing the big dogs uh and all these other I've airlines done that one actually hong kong to seoul i think i've done it a 320 it's neat to see korean. it's neat to see all those asian yeah. airlines and like greater bay airlines which is this new i think they actually are based in hong kong 737 another regional competitor but it was great to get out by the way you, for our, some of our audience located either in asia or Latin America must think the same about maybe a BA or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Say, oh, we see the 380, but we never see the yeah, small yeah. stocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a Finnair 320 or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. It, for us, it was, or for me, it certainly was a novelty yeah. to see all of that stuff. 
again after so long and, and going into to see, okay, and realizing how the immigration process has not changed a whole lot on the inbound. It's changed significantly on the outbound. And you it take, took a while. You get... Um, to get in or to get out? To get, to get in, it takes a while. Just because there's okay. a lot of people uh, yeah. coming in yeah. and... and Uh, bags came out really quickly as they always do. I, I jumped on the the airport express. We were staying in Wan Chai, uh, mm. and so jumped on the airport express, which is still a joy and fast and easy. Mm. And I had I sent Greg a message saying, "I've landed at the same time as you, you bastard." You said, "You know, enjoy enjoy your break, and I'll see you a bit later." Here's the hotel details and uh, blah, 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 blah. And my messages wouldn't go through. And I knew he was on the ground. And I kept looking and they weren't going through and they weren't going through and they weren't going through. And I was like, if he had not been on the flight, I would have heard from him. I was like, what's going on? And I was starting to get a little bit concerned as I was making my, and like hours later, I get a text message, message a text message from him saying, uh, hey, so... The new Beijing airport, which is where he landed. I oh, said, wow. I, I said Shanghai all Daxing. this time. I meant Beijing. Oh, Daxing, the new one. Oh, wow. He said, I not only have been here for hours and my flight seems to, they seem to have changed the time of my departing flight to Hong Kong by several hours. So I'm now stuck here. There's no internet that I'm allowed to get onto and none of my bank cards work. Oh, dear Be God. Yeah. So he's like, I just have to sit here. Uh, and I, and, you know, and I sent him a reply, not knowing if he ever received it. He eventually arrived at uh, 1.45 in the morning in Hong Kong. So it took him 24 hours on the nose to get there. Uh, and this um, features later in the story, which I'll wrap up shortly. But Hong Kong was wonderful. It was great to be back. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but uh, it broke my heart to talk to people there. Um, and uh, you'll, I'll explain more in the episode when it comes out probably early next year, but mm. it was great to be back there. Uh, I love that place more than anything. I was sick for most of the time. Unfortunately, I spent most of it That's in cool. bed. I was really, really unwell. Uh, we went, uh, Greg is a trooper and never complains because he's British, but I could tell that the journey broke him. And so I used Miles and I booked him on the Cathay flight back with me. Oh, um, nice. Because nice. I was not going to put him through that, you know, even yeah. if the layover was supposed to be shorter. So we both went out to the airport having filmed all day at about, arrived at the airport around nine. Um, I, had to, I had to have a package wrapped up to, to go on the plane. So Greg went through, um, he, Cathay now have self-service bag drop so he could, do online check-in and go to the self-service bag drop. And it was apparently very easy and very straightforward, which is, which is great. And you, the thing about Hong Kong airport is you have to do outbound immigration. Mm -hmm. So you do security and then outbound immigration, which adds, it can add quite a lot of time, if, time. if it's busy. Yeah. Well, interestingly now it's e-gates. I think I had e-gates last time. It was 2019. I'm pretty sure I had all yeah. e-gates. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm wrong. So go. Well, I'll be interested to hear how your how this experience compares to yours because you to get into security, you 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 go through these e-gates, and there's somebody you scan. There's somebody yes. you know shepherding you and saying, "Oh, you've yes. got to go over here if your passport doesn't work or if it's not valid." But to even Correct. get into security, you go through 
these right. e-gates and you use your passport and your boarding pass and it takes your picture and then you go through security which is still they have not implemented any of those new technologies that we've seen at some mm. of the airports here uh so it it did take quite a long time and then when you get to immigration itself you have another set of e-gates and you go in and because you've scanned at the beginning you can use these uh second mm. set of e-gates e to go yes. through the actual immigration screening. It worked flawlessly. It was no problem. And I was out into the terminal, which was at this point, it's like 10, 10, 30 or something like that. And it was already starting to shut down. Um, you, you had a, uh, a cadre of flights leaving for Europe and Australia, but everything else was starting to wind down. So some of the shops were bringing down their shutters. Our flight was going out of gate one. And as much as I wanted to go down to the pier. It's too far. It's gate 63. Yeah, I was about to say it's too far. And I was still like feeling crap and I was tired. However, the deck, the BA, uh, the Cathay deck lounge is by gate two. Mm -hmm. So we decided to go in there. And of course, it's it's very nice. It's It's got the noodle bar. It's got a coffee shop but obviously everything's free. It's got a buffet. It's got this, this beautiful, I don't even know. I mean, it must be like 50 yards long, this bar that you can sit up, mm. uh, up at. And it's kind of open to the terminal so you can look down and see everything that's going on. But Greg and I just wanted to sort of pass out at that point um, and just, 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 just relax. But so we, we spent like, I don't know, an hour in there and then went down to the, to the gate and, to get on board the flight, you use the same style e-gate. You never presented your passport. You never presented your boarding pass. You presented your face, your and face. then yeah. you were allowed on in the right um, in the right boarding groups and all. The flight. So I thought it was an interesting way of integrating that facial recognition and biometric processing across multiple. Uh, mm seemingly unrelated organizations and processes. So getting into security, yeah. immigration, and then onto the airplane. Dubai is doing the same. And I think it's, uh, others are trying, Charles Gaulle is trying. It makes a lot of sense. Amsterdam is trying. Yeah. But it works. It's probably easier in smaller, more integrated environments where the government is very close to the airport, et cetera. Like, yeah. you know, of course, Dubai, I said, or Singapore, but obviously Hong Kong as well. Yeah. Uh, because all the stakeholders talk to each other, but I think, uh, yeah, that's the future. And when I said at the top of the show with Abu Dhabi, that gentleman, friend of mine, who walked, 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 probably that's the integration right there. Yeah. He has a um, UAE ID card that allows him to, you know, basically just walk through and there's cameras recognizing his, yeah. his face. Also. I, I think it's definitely the future. And I'm sure that there's privacy concerns, but frankly, like, you know, even 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 the there are even plans for the London Tube to do that. They say the choke points for the London Tube, and I think probably every single metro system in the world is the barriers entry because yeah. people, you know, faff around to find their ticket and or you know even now even though now I can do it with my watch, yeah. you know, people still put out their phones or whatever. And they say the future would be to have a system similar to this. I think it ultimately makes sense to to do that because mm -hmm. you're right. I mean, it's so many of them are these are these are the choke points, but it, it worked really well in Hong Kong and we That's all boarded cool. very swiftly. It was a triple seven, 300. And I, Greg got an exit row. I told him to go up and ask. And cause I could see on it on expert flyer. One had been 
had opened up and they without question without charge they put him in the exit row cool in the aisle seat and so and i was in this very unusual seat that that some of these configurations have where uh i was one row back from the bulkhead but the bulkhead only had two seats and my row had oh. three seats so i had this this infinite leg room and i sat down and i was like there's where do i put my stuff you know like i i can't I, there's nowhere like I'm so obviously I put my bag up, but like I want, I had my iPad and the, you know, Cathay give you a blanket and a pillow mm. and an amenity kit and menus and water bottles. So that's a premium economy. This is economy? economy. This is an economy. Wow. They give you amenity. Yeah. Economy? Yeah. A little amenity kit. And I was like, what, where do I, what, where am I, <laughs> like, where do I put all this stuff? Cause on some, <laughs> they have like way in front of you, there's a seat back pocket that you can yeah, use. Yeah, or on the side. Or on the side. No, nothing. There's, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this is on. I'm like, all this stuff all over me. And eventually, after takeoff, I flagged down one of the flight tents. I'm like, is it okay if I like take my bag out and put it in front of me? And she's like, yeah, of course. Like, you do, there's nowhere for you to put your things. And I said, I, that's kind of the problem. Um, <laughs> the, 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 I have a few observations on Cathay and I'm going to shut up. Cathay, uh, the the 777-300 interior, and I don't think it's just Cathay. I had to remind myself. It felt quite old, but but it wasn't. I mean, the seats were fine and all of that. It's it's the, the cabin fixings, like the cabin dividers and the overhead bins, like the things that maybe are just stock from Boeing. I think we've been spoiled with the Dreamliner, the 350, and to an extent, the 380. They have, they don't have that classing sort of classic Boeing taupe yellow color to them. They're white. They're this sort of like clinical yeah. white on the on the newer airliners. Yeah. And anyway, I was like, this just feels old, but this isn't Cathay. And maybe maybe the the lighting I, yes. is older aircraft. Yes, not as hundred percent. You can create these moods. That was exactly yeah. going to be my point. Is that plus the light, the lighting just gives it this sort of uh, what? Just not a fresh or a new look. But that's that wasn't a reflection of, on Cathay. Um, the the flight time uh, on the flight the day before us was fifteen hours on the nose. <laughs> Grief. And I was like, I feel like garbage. 15 hours is going to kill me. Ours was a speedy 1440, but uh, it's just, <laughs> it is such a long flight when you can't fly yeah. over Russia. Yeah. But the Cathay experience, even in economy, even despite all of the things that we've heard about the downfall of that airline, was really, really good. It was night and day. Like just from the meal service, those that seatbelt sign went off and they were up and we got our meal so fast. Not like hours and hours. Cause by this time it's like one thirty in the morning for, you know, everybody yeah. almost two o'clock. They got those meals out. Bam, 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 bam. Super fast. And it was delicious. Really good food. A good selection of, it wasn't like super crazy friendly service, but it was damn efficient. They got that meal out and cleaned up so quickly and it was all edible and substantial uh really really impressive the other piece that was really impressive was the ife i have never i mean it it shits all over emirates in terms of depth (laughs) 
And Emirates is the one is the gold standard, right? Like I was blown away by how much content they had. Wow. And maybe it was because it was like I love that movie, I love that show. But it was like it was so well considered. You know, it wasn't just the latest season of South Park. It was like ten South Park greatest hits episodes. Like I was like, somebody thought about this. Just the the depth of content in there and the quality of content in there was so impressive. Um, I, I I I made notes on my phone. Like I haven't seen that movie in years. I want to go back and see it. Uh, it has a camera, like a hilariously lo-fi camera <laughs> at the, on the belly of the airplane, but it was kind of nice to see. And then I, I you know, I, I managed to sleep because I was so just brokenly exhausted, but they, as soon as the meal service was done, lights went out, everybody went to, went to sleep. They were constantly coming through the, the cabin to see if anybody needed anything, cup noodle or ice cream or something like that. And then about... Two hours before we landed at Heathrow, they provided a breakfast. And of course, there's an Asian breakfast option, and those always travel yes. way better than a Western breakfast meal. And it was actually really, really good. We land bang on time at uh, at Heathrow, and we get to the gate at T3. And when you're watching on the camera, as you're pulling in, you're like, do we have enough? Are we supposed to be here? This feels really, really cramped and tight. And that's just T3 in general. And we sit there and we we all get up. People sign go, we get, we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait. Yeah. And, we wait. and when our Canadian captain comes on and apologizes profusely and says, I'm being told, not just by the airport, but several of my colleagues on other inpa- uh, flight decks, that they don't have enough people here to work the air bridge. Um, here at Heathrow, and we are in a long queue of people, airlines of, of full of passengers that are just as frustrated as you and me. And I can only apologize on behalf of the airport uh, because they haven't apologized to us. And eventually, uh, somebody came out. But I I sent an impetuous tweet saying Heathrow is a shit airport because <laughs> I was tired and I wanted to get home to my wife and I wanted to get home to my kids. It's it's. BS that this is a, still the state of that airport after all of this time that yes that they yes. can't have it they don't have enough and it like yes. that is rush hour it's it's been rush hour no, I know th- for thirty five years at at Heathrow <laughs> you know <laughs> no it's BS the, 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 they're just not investing they're not they're investing. Just not investing no it's, they're not investing and when you look at all the other airports and we'll do a rent maybe next time because we're short on yeah time, yeah yeah no it's 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 they're not investing. It's, and, and and for an airport that is privately held to have so so high taxes, so they, they yeah. really airlines pay a shit ton of money to land there, to park there, to have the handlers there. Everything is really expensive. Like where does the money go? Yeah. Probably in shareholders' pockets all this time. I don't know, but I mean it's just impossible. When you look at and I'll go to there in a few uh, Charles de Gaulle, the improvements they're being doing, it's just. It's unacceptable. It is, is. Unacceptable. And, and T3 is a shithole, especially. T3 looks like from the 70s. And yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's bad. And, you know, immigration was, given the volume of people that were pouring out of, out of gates and into the, into the main concourse on the way to immigration at T3, uh, it actually, if you were uh, E-gate eligible, uh, it, it was, it was fine. It took maybe 15 minutes uh, and you're, mm. you're through in the bag. My bag came pretty, pretty quickly. Greg's took ages. And then we both went on our merry way. So 
I'll wrap it up there, but it was so good to be on Cathay. Maybe I was looking through rose-tinted glasses if I was, if I flew Cathay as frequently as BA, I'm sure I would have some gripes too, but yeah, it was good to be, to be back there on that airline at that airport. Uh, I was so frustrated that my, my trip was, uh, really dampened, uh, muted by my, by illness. And I'm, I'm hoping to go back there in, in a couple of months and, Re-experience. A couple it. of months. Nice. Yeah, because I'm pissed off, Paul. Uh, <laughs> I really didn't get a chance to do as much as I needed to do for the I, episode. So, I, to be frank, just looking at a very few, but still few um, pictures you've put on your Instagram stories, I, I said to myself, I need to go next year. Yeah. <laughs> Without purpose, just to go for three days and do a few things, take walking around the food. The pictures I love to do, you know, stuff that it's been six years, five years, I don't know, 2019. But yeah, um, I want to go. I don't have that same relationships you have with that city, with that place, obviously. But uh, seeing what, uh, yeah, I want to go. I, yeah, I, I, I definitely, uh, from the outside, it's, it's back and it's great. And I enjoyed it very much. Good. Well, a few things before I go to my flight, because uh, reacting to what you said on BA, good news. Not on Ethereum, but on BA. Uh, so there was the, what was it? Investors Day relation, something that happened a week ago or two weeks ago, perhaps. And I can see on the camera that Alex not he spoke for an hour. He's, he's dying in, a, in coughs, but he's pre Yeah, sorry. I, I, no, no, don't I'm, be sorry. I'm really I hope quiet. you're all right. Because there was quite a, a succession of coughs right there. Uh, so BA is investing two, is it what? 2.5 billion in customer experience over the next three years. So that's, and that's IIG, so Luis Gallego is his name that, that I said that. So that's good news for BA. Um, hopefully that will, we've seen some of the reels and I'll talk a little bit in a few about that as well. They want to improve the customer satisfaction in premium cabins, especially uh, with a lot of staff improvement. So let's see about that. We've seen again some betterment. Uh, all the all Ethereum long haul will have the club suite by 2026, including the 380s. The 380s will the refurbishment will start in 2025, uh, late 2025. By the way, currently 60% of the fleet leaving from Ethereum is at uh, has the club suite. That's uh, for those who are interested. Um, they want to do it. That's interesting in terms of Avios. They want to have a, that's the term they said, consistent recognition of status across all the brands. Let's see what that yields. Does that mean that now that if you are, I don't know, silver like you on BA, you will have a similar level of recognition and similar wording in my What does recognition mean though? I don't know. That's what they said. That's what I'm saying. It's a bit cryptic, but I want, I guess they want to kind of fi find a way to make you feel the same in all the airlines that belong to the group. Uh, consistent tiers across all the airlines as well. And they will, They want to also have that all the airlines that use Avios, so currently, it's, uh, I mean, we've said it, Finnair is going there and Iberia, that you can get your directly your balance on each of them, no matter where they are. So if you're oh, on so BA, it's a central... Yeah, oh, which you can already do on Qatar in a way. I've linked my accounts, and I'll talk about that in a following episode, and you can actually transfer very easily. So they want to do that uh, uh, by by next year. They also want to improve how you can pay with Avios, as in you could discount your tickets down to one pound uh, on and still pay with Avios. Uh, apparently, that's uh, so not less of the tiers, but like a granular level of use of that's Avios, a good idea. apparently. 
they want to do, and that's come to Ethereum, they want to do a large improvement in punctuality. <laughs> yeah. But they, you know what? They admitted, and that's interesting, BS said two-thirds of the cause of delays is down to them. So down to BA. Oh, that's... Uh, I was about to jump to BA's defense and say they're working they at Heathrow. So two-thirds, wow. the 66... I don't know. It's so they admit it. So I mean, they said, you know, we're wrong. We're, we're not doing great. So we're going to improve that. So that's that's not nice. What I also noted in it was long, and I'm going to stop because I'll never go to my flight. I also noted that, uh, you know, we're getting to four years uh, into the pandemic. There's no more pandemic, but you know what I mean. Four years since it started, and we said, when are we going to see the same level of aircrafts and cabins? Mm -hmm. And in 2019, what I didn't know is that currently uh, there's the capacity of premium cabins um, is not at all where it was in 2019. It will not get back until 2019 levels until 2026, which is probably why there's so business is so expensive as well currently. I think it's... Um, I don't have the numbers, but I I will I, I have a memory that we are only at sixty or seventy percent wow. of premium cabin levels in twenty nineteen. So it's uh, interesting in terms of that availability. Yes, oh. in terms of simply seats right, available. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So, and apparently that's because a lot of the aircraft are being retired, and it's it's a whole process that is being underdone. There's also the the refurbishment. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's interesting. And um, what else did I want to say? Yes, they say BA said. Full-scale, that's their term, full-scale refurbishment of all the ethereal lounges. They've done part of it. So I've been to the first-class lounge recently. Clearly, they've added, they replaced some. So they're listening to layovers. You remember my yeah. rant about it being old? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I... They've changed some of the seats. Uh, uh, the terrace hasn't changed, but all the rest, you have newer seats, newer sofas, especially the dining area has, has changed. Like big sofas is pretty nice, actually, that dining area. So it's clearly not that full-scale refurbishment, but they already have improved it because they've listened to our episode yeah. when we said that. Uh, when I went, the, 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 the champagne bar was uh, under reconstruction, so apparently they're redoing. But the plan is to completely redo all the lounges within the next three to four years at Ethro. So that's interesting. Um, oh, yeah. They want to, that's the thing, they say, we're going to invest 2.5 billion in customer experience. And then they said, we're going to redo the entire IT. They didn't say the number <laughs> this time. We have a, we'll have a new app and a new BA website by next year um, that hopefully works. But the thing is, they didn't really mention, as far as I remember, all the back end, so I hope that is getting improved because you can have a flashy app if you cannot do a change of, of, of like I had issues to do a change of flights on the app, then it's it can be as yeah. cool as it is. It, it needs to follow in the back, right? So yeah, lots of investing apparently uh, in IT as well. Let's see, hopefully. I mean, at least they're putting the, their money where their mouth is. It's a good sign. They're realizing that they're an issue. They're realizing all this. They've admitted some faults. They are yeah. working on there's, it. So there's, 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 there's obviously a serious culture change going on at that airline, which yeah. is great. Which is needed. And we've seen some, some yeah. of the stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, what time is it? Do I have time? No, I'm not going to do that. Maybe I'll do it at the end, and then I'll come back. So Because otherwise, I'm going to miss my... Uh, so, how did I get to... Yes. <laughs> 
Very excited to hear How did this. I get to know I think so that was a bit of a... hearing the last episode. Yeah, so it was... it. So the reason, and I'm going to get... I mean, you'll see it probably in the description notes, so it's not a big surprise unless you have not read them. The reason I've decided to do this is for two. One is because it's cool to do it for layovers because I wanted to discover it. The other reason is simply because the clients I was working with, there were two clients I was working with in the US, one of them had a partnership with them and said, when you came down to, you know, how do you negotiate with your fee, like you do, Alex, as well, how do we do the travel expenses, etc. They said, oh, we have a partnership with that airline, so we can comp it, would you like to try it? And usually, when they tell me that, I say, no, 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 you give me a budget because I, I want to handle yeah. all my flights in case I need to change, in case also because I want maybe to do something cool or maybe uh, anyway. But when they said the name, and I'm going to say it now, that mind of mine stopped on my tracks. I said, ah. Mm -hmm. So they said, Paul, we have a partnership with La Compagnie. And I was, I was about to go like, no, no. And I was like, oh, the all business class all business class airline. Yeah, actually, I want to do that. So the downside of it, which is why the routing makes no sense, the downside of it is, of course, they depart from Orly to New York, so Newark, actually, to so New Jersey, uh, instead of departing from, from London, which clearly makes little sense, but I wanted to try them. They used to, you probably remember, Alex, Yeah. they used to fly from Luton for a year, I think, Right at the birth of this podcast, 2014, 2015, I mean, Luton, for crying out loud. Mm. But they, they were doing Luton, and they, but they, they left the UK in 2016, I think. So now they've concentrated their efforts on, I thought, only to Newark. But I realized, and you realize as well, because we were trying to understand the business model of that airline. <laughs> they have only two aircrafts, uh, 321s. Uh, Neos, and they fly from Orly, they fly from Milan, Malpensa. Uh, they also fly to San Martins in um, the famous, you know, the landing that is all over YouTube mm -hmm. uh, in, okay. uh, in the Caribbean. And of course, Newark. And they have also a few other, I think they have, they're going to Libreville, which is the capital of, is it Libreville, the capital of Gabon? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, which is, an, uh, I think it's Let's be honest. I think there's oil money there. Uh, uh, Elf, the biggest... Is it still Elf? Oh, the Elf, yeah, the, yeah. The equivalent of BP in France. I think there's probably a reason why everybody would fly business class there. I don't know. Maybe I'm mistaken, guys. I, we have listeners from Gabon. Please tell me I'm off and that I'm completely... But anyway, they have two airlines. They have yeah, two aircraft. I can't get over that. Two aircraft. And, and, and the, I mean, the ride is pretty long. I mean, pretty long. It's seven hours. We're not talking the 12 and 14 and 15 that Alex just did. But so th two 20, 321 Neos, they used to have 757s, uh, 200s. Also all business class, but older, clearly, if you look at the pictures. Uh, they will have 321 uh, long range coming in 2025, I think. It's a 10-year-old company. Uh and, you know, I was trying to understand how many employees do they have? They must have less than 50. It's nowhere written, but looking at, you know, you go on LinkedIn. I was, I mean, I was born in the airport, so I was trying to understand the business because you were asking me, how do they? And I don't know, man. So, yeah, tiny company, which, by the way, I clearly saw when I was getting my ticket. So the client paid for the ticket. The, the client took care of the ticket. So the client actually directly called, I think, the CMO, I'm not sure, some off La Compagnie to say, hey, you need to issue a ticket for Paul. 
which took uh, the time it took, whatever, that doesn't really matter. But as soon as I got it, I said, okay, now I want to change my seat, choose my seat, actually. And I want to put my advanced passport information on the website, which turned out to be impossible and said, you need to go through your travel agent. And I'm like, the travel agent is basically one of the C-level of your own company. How do I say that to the website? So I called and there's an international number and there is, a, so there's a number in Paris and a number in New York, right? Uh, when you get to them, it's nice, but it took me three days to reach someone to talk to. <laughs> oh, no. So, because, again, they're, they're, if you call roughly before a flight, there's going to be people, less otherwise. It's not a shade on the company. What I'm saying is that clearly it's a small operation and uh, when you, again, when you get to them, I, I said, okay, which do I want to have the specific seat? Because I went, of course, on seat guru. Actually, by the way, there's very, very few little information about those. I mean, you can find a seat layout, but the quality of the seat, our seats difference, is there a better seat? It really, really, so it's all business class layout, 2-2. Two, two. So it's not like a jet blue in the front where it's 1-1 one, one right. for a 321. It's 2-2. Two, two. So you still have to walk over the passenger next next to you if you were to be in, on, um, on the window. But I saw that, you know, clearly on their own website of La Compagnie, the first row, row 1, and the emergency exit row, row 9, were blocked. There were a little X on it. So I, when I called, I said, can I get those? I said, no, those are only released at the airport. Like, oh, Interesting. I'm going to be nine hours ahead <laughs> at the airport because <laughs> I want to catch them. So, again, when I call them, they were super cool, super efficient, really, really nice. Again, however, you can see that there's some manual processing because from the time I had given the seats that I'd chosen plus my API, it took a day and a half to that to appear on the website mm. as it has been done. So every time I think there's some manual interaction in in the back you know they maybe write in and post it and then it's fine by the way it works and we're really not criticizing it's really just a, a tiny company to the to the point that you cannot find them on flightaware flightaware does not track them if you put there the flight number does not track them and i'm wow. kidding Fly, flight radar does right of course anyway uh so first i needed to go to orly so i said okay well i need to fly to orly what i didn't realize is since the pandemic Almost no one flies too early from London anymore. No, there's been like, so much almost of those, no. haven't there? Where there's... I used to fly BH yeah, early, yeah. for instance, right? No one. EasyJet doesn't fly too early. I mean, probably from Luton or, or Stansted. I didn't check because these airports are way too far. For a flight that takes 40 minutes, not even, I don't want to take two hours, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, all the southern airports, Heathrow and Gatwick, do not fly too early. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I find a flight. Whirling flies too early. And I'm like... And I get there, why? Because I had a choice of day when I wanted to leave. All the flights from Oli leave, from La Compagnie, leave at 10.30 a.m. Welling was flying, uh, landing at 8.45 a.m. at Oli. And I'm like, if there is only a 40-minute delay or something, I don't know, I'm going to miss my flight, yeah. right? So there was, I needed to go the day before. And that applies to all the airlines. But I said, as... If I have to go the day before, then I might as well choose an airline that I want, in that case, BA, uh, and just enjoy it instead of going for the only 
low cost that goes here. I have nothing against welling. It was just that I was not sure I could do the timings. On the Sundays, however, note, there are two flights leaving from Mali, one in the afternoon as well. It just turns out that due to a prior travel, the only one I worked, I wanted to be there, was a, a Monday morning, 10.30. I needed to leave to New York from Oli. So I ended up taking BA. Why did I not take the Eurostar? It's because the pricing, man, was exactly the same. Actually, it was even cheaper to go with, with BA than to go with, uh, <laughs> with the Eurostar. Reason being... All that happened pretty late, so I got my ticket pretty late. So I didn't want to buy how to go to Orly before, of course, I got confirmation of my ticket. Anyway, so um, then that's just the, the travails of travel. I take an Uber to go to Heathrow to take my BA flight on the Sunday. And, uh, you know, Sundays is no traffic, man. Right? That's like one of the good things of... Not too much traffic. No, no, you're right. I agree with Not you. Too- I agree with you. It's one of the joys. Yeah, so... Three people this on on sports cars on the uh, M4 decided to race each other and ended up in a huge ball of fire. I'm not kidding. Uh, I I don't. I didn't look in the details. I'm not morbid, but I know that people died. And I missed what that. happened is that suddenly it happened just right. We were entering the M4, uh, and I. I went, thank God, four hours. In, I mean, I left four hours, four and a half hours in advance. Like, you know, I had nothing to do. It was Sunday afternoon. Uh, I said, oh, I might just as well go to the first lounge and have something, you know. I got three hours on the on that M4. Three, three hours, hours stuck. Because, of course, you had, you know, helicopters and fire department and everything came to. So, yeah, I mean, it's, but uh, thank God I'd left that, that early. Yeah. Or because it, it was really, really long. Uh, we... The, the, the driver was uh, with Polish and says, do you mind if I pull up the iPad? Because my brother who plays in the football, Polish football league is, is playing right now. It's like, yeah, well, so we watch football uh, on his <laughs> iPad. So which cool. he laid out. <laughs> <laughs> he was a great driver. Anyway, I arrived with only, honestly, 48 minutes before departure uh, after clearing all that. I rushed, thank, again, thank God it was Sunday, no one on the first wing, and I still have access to that. I go, go, go. I, I remember I, I passed by the first line, didn't have time to stop by, of course, but I just took a glass of orange juice because we're so thirsty, or what, I don't remember, and I rushed to the gate. It was all good. I arrived at the gate. It was a 320. Uh, look, not even full, um, so it was it was really it was really nice. No, nothing uh, really to mention. Other than that, the crew was absolutely fantastic. Really lovely crew, all middle-aged, the, the BA we used to know. So I was really That's happy good. about that. Very short flight, as you know. I landed at Charles de Gaulle. Charles de Gaulle is, I didn't realize, undergoing a lot of works. Uh, I land at 2B, or you're not sure if you're 2B or 2D, because you land at the gate of one of them, and then you have because non-Schengen and mm. because of blah, 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 Brexit. But... And I'm like, this layout makes no sense until I realized I think A and C are closed and going into heavy refurbishment, which comes to the point that we said earlier about Ethro. They're doing quite a lot of work, which will feature later in the in the story. Uh, so I go out, you know, at that time, it's probably, uh, I, lent, I was one of these late flights. It's probably f- late. It's 5 or 6 p.m. And all I want to do is like, I want to take a cab and I want to go to Orly because I need to switch airports still, you know. And between the, you know, the the RER, which is the regional train, and then switching to the metro, I, I'd rather be in a in a cab. Yeah, definitely. Mistake. Oh no. 
Because again, what I didn't realize is the French on that Sunday, because you're like, Sunday, there's not that much traffic. No, it was holidays. They have two weeks. Of, so one part of France has a holiday on that week before me, and the other part of France has a, the holiday after me, which means that's a Sunday with everybody's crossing. Oh, no. It took me two and a half hours. <laughs> Usually it takes you one. Two and four, no, oh, nearly three, two hours and 45 minutes to go from one airport to the other. And I'm like, this is not my day. I spent more time seated on taxis and Ubers than I had sat my bum on the on the flight. So I was like, oh, well, whatever. Anyway, I get a nice, and I always, I often take cabs in France. I love cab drivers. They're always fun stories to tell. Anyway, uh, I, I end up at Orly, and I, I, I chosen, uh, I think, a Novotel, which is literally a minute away from uh, from Orly. So interestingly, Orly has changed the naming of their terminals, which probably make more sense for international travel. Uh, they used to be, you remember, Orly Sud, Orly mm -hmm. West. Now there's Orly 1, 2, 3, and 4. Yeah, so Orly Sud is Orly 4, number 4. Um, yeah, so I went, I took some Caesar salad at a hotel, restaurant or something, and it's pretty dull. You know, I used to, I used to kind of not enjoy, but kind of like being, you know, these travels when you're by yourself and, you know, you've done that for speeches and you go quickly take a club sandwich yeah, or yeah. something and you're by yourself in, in between. And it was so dull that night. I was like, what yeah. am I doing? I don't enjoy it anymore. <laughs> you know, all the Novotels look the same, like Ibis, all these air, all these, I don't know. I'm like, anyway, it's fine. I get a beer and then I go to sleep. And I say, as I said earlier, I want to be super early tomorrow morning because I want, if I want to, get one of those good seats. So I go pretty early, I think. So they say on their website, La Compagnie, that um, check-in opens two, two hours and 30 minutes before the flight. So I go three hours and 45 minutes before. Uh, I took a huge coffee so I can wait. And actually, I arrive in the line, and I'm not the first in line. I'm like, really? There's other wow. people before Enthusiasts. me? And actually, that's what I realized. It's not enthusiastic. I realized, uh, I'm jumping, but it doesn't really matter for the story. A lot of people are leisure travelers. Really? There's a, there's, so the, the aircraft must be 78 people, if I count. I'm not sure, but let's say 80 packs maximum. A, a good, more than a good half are like leisure people. Uh, and that's because it's a Monday. So on Monday, you just, you just assume on a Monday morning, maybe people are going for business reasons no there were a lot of leisure travels travelers and leisure travelers probably tend to arrive early at the airport because they want to enjoy the experience of them going to the lounge etc they're not like just uh they're not all av geeks going early because we like it like you and me yeah. but yeah anyway i wait in line i'm like whatever it's fine so they open exactly two and two hours and 30 minutes before it goes very quickly they're very good uh, they're very nice. And I arrive and I'm saying, oh, there's been at least, uh, the line must have been 17, no, uh, 14 people in front of me. I'm like, there's no way, I lost my seats. The thing is, nobody cared about that. So when I arrive and I said, can I, is there something on one or nine? They said, oh, well, nine is completely free. I'm like, oh, well, what? So nobody asked for that? Like, no. Well. And I said, but just do, the, do, do emergency exits have more room? And the guy didn't know. He said, I That's don't think so. I think they all look the same. I'm like, mm, I'm gonna still take it, yeah. you know. Like, so I took my emergency exit. I said nine C, uh, nine A. Sorry, pardon me. And I'm like, okay, well, 
Then I go, uh, Orly is, you know, we've, we've covered it in the past. It's, it's not great. It's, it's like a Gatwick, but worse than Gatwick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at least there's, you know, they give us, they give you, because it's business class, man. They give you fast track. Ah. Uh, so you have, and the fast track is great. They have, you follow like a st long line, which is like a sticker on the ground, and you go fast track everything. Fast track security, fast track immigration, everything, everything is fast track. So it's that goes pretty quickly. And then I I go to, uh, there's two lounges. So I, on the website, they say if you have the flex, which is the higher prices, which doesn't give you a lot more. You have access to the higher lounge, the premium lounge called X Time. And if you don't, you have uh, access to a prime class lounge. However, because I didn't buy my ticket and I couldn't fire a fair bucket on Britain anywhere, I didn't know which one. So I asked the guy, oh, you can have access to the X Time, which is a better lounge. I'm like, wow. So X-Time is a new brand because it, it's also at Charles de Gaulle. It's a new brand owned by Aéroport de Paris. No. They created their own line of lounges a la, uh, what's the name here, uh, Aspire. Uh, they are very, very good. Oh, wow. It's better than the Aspire I just mentioned because maybe the French flair, the food is excellent. I mean, they're brand new, so that helps as well, right? So they look... There's multiple areas. There's an area with more sofas, areas with more chairs, and a restaurant area. There's a working area. There's the the actual buffet, which looks like you like in a Christian Dior uh, uh, <laughs> outlet. There, like it's really, it looks really nice. And and that lounge at Oli Man has a terrace, oh. a huge terrace, and it's a proper one. It's outdoors. There's no like you know, fake windows that don't allow you to see and or some barrier to not for you not to jump to your death. It's actually a proper real lounge where they trust you, you're gonna be an adult. And uh and you can look at there's you can look at the entire apron and that's really fun. That's really great. So there was obviously lots of Transavia Obviously, a few, there was like Air Morocco and Air Algerie and et cetera. It was really nice, even though that day was a bit rainy. Uh, and then I see my La Compagnie landing. I'm like, oh, here it is. It lands literally an hour before we're supposed to take off. I'm like, wow, this is going to be a fast turnaround. Mm -hmm. And indeed, man, it's a super fast turnaround. It's, I've never seen that. So the boarding goes, you know, they, sometimes I'm antsy, you know, I'm in this exam lounge, like, should I go to the boarding? Mm -hmm. Should I not go to the boarding? But they, they, they told me they will make, they, you know, the, the, the board, the screens were not showing anything. We're like, yeah, but we're 45 minutes, 40 I'm like, I should go. And I see clearly all the other people in that lounge are from the same, it was pretty empty because not a lot of people probably had access, but I, you know, and like you said, I go. Yeah. And I'm way too early. I'm at the gate and it's like, I'm too early. There's nothing happening. So what I realized in that is that they need no time to do that boarding. From the time, from the time they opened, they started, the, the first person got their ticket uh, scanned at the gate, which was me, by the way, because <laughs> I wanted to see the plane empty. <laughs> From the time I did that to the time we were in front of the runway to take off, took 13 minutes. What? 13 minutes. Wow. Because... It almost feels like a private jet experience. It's not a private jet experience. Obviously, it's very different. So, but there are not that many people. And because everybody has access to checked-in luggage if they want, because it's included two luggages, and because there's not that many people, there's a lot of space on the overhead bins anyway. There's no fight. People go sit, go sit, go sit. The, the boarding must have taken four minutes. Uh -huh. I was like, it's done already? 
like they're serving you that pre uh, pre departure champagne, which by the way, you don't really have a lot of time to drink. You better, better be quick because by the time you enjoy, oh, okay. Uh, wow, man. Of course, they come to me. Uh, I think it was called, what was his name? Julien, Jeremy, I forgot now because I didn't follow my notes with talking to you. Um, and explains to me what I should do in, uh, in the emergency exit. I'm like, he kind of realizes I know, but he still goes, he has to do the, 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 the spiel, right? And, uh, and I asked him, I said, but is there more room in that emergency exit than others? Because it's actually not obvious because it's all lie flat, big as seats and like my conclusion that there is probably only 10 centimeters right. and how did i do that i use my own body to measure so when they say that on life flat the the measurement they give on a normal seat should be 190 centimeters so i totally expected that if i did, did go completely life flat my feet because i'm slightly taller than the measurement they give on the website i should touch my feet in the cubicle nope I didn't mm -hmm. because there is clearly, and it's obvious because it's an emergency exit, there's clearly a little bit more leg room, but not that much. And like you, no one next to me. Nice. Magic. The flight was quasi-full. Mm -hmm. Nobody took the seat wow. next to me. Happy as a happy camper. I didn't have to jump on anyway, It's a full day flight, you know, to go to New York. Yeah, so yeah. it's not as if I would have to sleep. But yeah, and uh, look, how does it compare to other business classes in the world? Of course, 2-2, two, two, and now the trend of having the doors, it's not the same. Clearly, we're talking about seats. I mean, the seats are brand new. The, the IFE, the screen is good, big enough, but not these big fat screens you can tend to start to see now on, on some business classes. But man, for me, the whole thing is about freaking 14 minutes. Yeah, yeah, It took yeah, nothing. Yeah. And by the way, that explains part of the business model we were talking earlier. Yeah. Right? Because if they can do these turnarounds so fast, then actually they can probably do more routes than we think and actually not stay on the ground as much and actually gain some money there. It's probably part of how they make money. But again, really the experience in the flight, they give you this little amenity kit. It's, you know, the I, uh, the usuals. For an geek, what I love is the socks. You know how they have the, these, usually you have dots or lines under the sock, yeah. the anti-slippery yeah, yeah, yeah. thing? They're not dots, they're little airplanes. Oh, I like that. They play on yeah. these little things. They play on, 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 they play a little bit on the joy of flying. The, the crew is obviously very young. It reminds me of maybe like a EasyJet type of crew, the type of age you'd expect. Very well trained. Julien was like, um, and then I named the guy. They're super kind. They, they're always there for you. But again, they're always there because there's no one in the, the aircraft compared to like all the, it's, they're probably two or three, by right. the way. Interestingly, I noted that on the very, very last row, two seats were blocked. And they're for crew rest. Oh, uh, yeah. There's even like a curtain they can actually pull. Smart. Um, I, they were closed at some point. I don't know who was, but probably they're doing these, I don't know exactly how they managed it because the flight is seven hours, so that could be a single crew. But then maybe they, 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 they ferry crews around to make sure there's always enough to being able to do these super fast turnarounds. There must be something Makes in sense. it. I don't know exactly how it works. Yeah. Um, so the, the seats are full lie flat. Uh, it's really nice to, to, as I said, the screen is not that big, but there's enough content. It's not Cathay Pacific now. That's a new gold standard. You told us. 
but there's there's good enough content. There's not a lot of TV shows, a lot of movies. Obviously, it kind of goes a lot into French movies, which I do enjoy because I speak French as well. I hadn't seen some of them for uh, at all because I, I wasn't exposed to them, so it was cool. Um, they give you a, a pillow and a duvet, etc. So really, the 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 headphones are like you know noise canceling, and you have you have a plug, and you have a USB A, you have all all everything you want. So it's for the price, it's really really good. The the captain said, oh, it would it will be a turbulent takeoff and a turbulent landing. Well, the takeoff was turbulent because of course it was raining. Uh, it moved quite a lot for seven, five seven minutes, but nothing. And, and then it was you know it's a three twenty one. It was smooth as silk for the rest of the yeah. trip. Um, I watched some movies and they have a Michelin star menu. Wow. Uh, I mean, you know, we got an aperitif, we got lunch, and we got a snack service before landing. Uh, the menus are on the touchscreen. Alexandra, you said you wanted the menus on the touchscreen. They go. are on the touchscreen. Not for ordering, we can look at the menu and I don't remember what I had because I don't want to take too much time, but it was really fantastic food. I mean, it's French, you can't yeah, expect yeah. it. The, the champagne was great, the wine was great. Uh, unlimited free wi-fi oh nice it was fast the only country over which we go over that is no wi-fi is the uk how why i don't know but it stops as soon as you in france you have wi-fi that's weird in the uk don't have wi-fi for the rest of the atlantic and the us you have wi-fi i don't know maybe it's a the long uh, held uh, the longer you know a little frenemies between france and the uk they don't give each other wi-fi i don't <laughs> There are air vents, man. There are air vents, which is really, oh, really, yeah. really cool. <laughs> I always look nowadays when I get on a flight. Yes, right? Uh, oh, yeah. La lamb shoulder or cabillo. Cabillo is cut. So I had a lamb shoulder. Mm, delicious. I think. It was really nice. Yeah, shaky, shaky final. Really shaky to land on EVR. I had, uh, I was expecting, you know, this is why I took um, 9A. I was expecting being on that side. If you land from the north, you have these great views of Manhattan, uh, landing in Newark. Uh, well, First, it was so foggy and rainy that I wouldn't have seen anything. And any, anyway, we landed from the south. So I saw nothing but uh, industrial estates. Uh, still, I arrived at, in New York and it took me from landing, so arriving at the gate to getting into an Uber, 16 or 17 minutes, nothing. There was no one on immigration. It was so fast. That's the advantage, that, maybe landing in the middle of the day. Yeah, I don't know. And the traffic, I was lucky to be just before rush hour. From New York to, I was in financial district downtown yeah, so New York. Yeah, that's perfect for it. 20 minutes. Yeah, amazing. This time, no burning cars, yeah, yeah. no holidays to have to cope with. Great stuff. New York, great stuff. Goldman Sachs, great. People loved it. Conference loved it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I thought I'd seen, uh, I'd seen Halloween by being in uh, Shibuya. Have you ever seen Halloween mm -hmm. in Shibuya? Well, now I've seen Halloween in the West Village. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would imagine that's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, the West. Uh, my God, it was really fun though. But people are really going all, all, all in. It was really <laughs> crazy. Yes, I didn't get any disguise, whatever, guys. That's not my type. But I took my camera. It was really, really fun that night out. It was that bizarre week. You know, there was one week that was bizarre. It was that week where Europe has already switched clock, but not the U.S. Oh yeah, it drives me crazy. So I'm only four hours, and then by the the day I was returning, which I'm going to, is when the U.S. Switched. switched clocks. You know, it's something that is not an issue anymore. But I remember as a kid, my parents would be like really anxious about: Did we change the clock? Are we going at the right time? Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, Everything. anything but your microwave oven changes yeah, automatically. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, great week, a great more than a week actually, a great about 10, 11, 12 days in New York. A return. Uh, 
the plane was coming, so La Compagnie again, Newark, Terminal B, the plane was coming from Milan this time. Strange, so they do routes from Milan. I don't know how they... Guys, if somebody from La Compagnie listens, you have only two aircrafts. I don't know how... Yeah, you... that's what I can't wrap my head around. When do you when right. do you do maintenance? When what if one of them goes tech? Like I I have so many questions. How you run an airline with two airplanes? Exactly. And uh, by the way, that was that was a thought I had. So I was going way ahead of the big two days that I needed to be in New York. I needed to work there, so I worked with the clients there at their offices. But um, but if the aircraft is an issue, yeah, I mean I would basically lose a day because probably there's not like the other one just right there, they need to carry it, ferry another one, or the one that is coming in, or maybe that, cre- I don't know. But it didn't happen. So the, the, yeah, the plane was coming from Milan, Malpensa, the, I mean, terminal. Newark is good, as in it's pro- really practical for downtown New York, because it's really next door. It's not that big, and you can actually process yeah. things pretty fast. But I mean, it's it's really meh, right? It's, it's uh, in terms of- Oh, it's uh, not a pretty, yeah. yeah. It's not, but it's it's again and to be checking. So again, I'm like, I'm gonna go early, Alex, because I want to try to score <laughs> that emergency exit or first row. Uh, Newark uh, ground staff, we don't change seats here. <laughs> okay, I was the first one. I'm the, this time I learned my lesson. I was really, the, I created the line for La Compagnie in front of the. I was next to Porter because people people thought I was lining for Porter. So people would line up bef- behind me and say, are you not? I'm like, no, for La Compagnie. What is that? No, you're on the other line. I'm the, anyway. So I was making a lot of people confused. If, um, but I was there. We don't change seats here. And that was the only answer. I said, but no. Like, okay. Gotta love third party handling. So I'm gonna try my, 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 my thinking is I'm gonna try my luck at the gate then. So I'm like, okay. Uh, we don't have lounges. The operator, so the Port Authority, have closed the the Plaza Lounge uh, on short notice in July. So there's no more lounge. And by the way, I checked, there's no lounge at all at Terminal B <laughs> in Newark. The the Virgin, what was it, Virgin Clubhouse was there, I think, permanently closed. Everything, there's not That's a single lounge. weird. Which is not an issue. That's very that weird. weird. And especially the whole Port Authority decided to close the lounge on us. I'm like, mm, what yeah. happened? That's not their lounge, of course, it's a third party. Uh, so it's a very JetBlue experience. You know, JetBlue doesn't give you a lounge. So they give you a voucher, a $30 voucher, which you can use in all the two amenities that are after security. <laughs> security is like, like it's really a really bit of a pain. You have to put still your shoes out. I still don't get it. Anyway, uh, it's cramped. It's not yeah. great. Uh, the lounge, so my lounge, I chose the Belgian Beer Cafe. Yeah which is basically some kind of bar. Uh, the service was the longest ever in the history of service. You know, I'm like, thank God I'm early because my beer will arrive in about four hours. Maybe you're importing it with La Compagnie from right. France. Um, <laughs> they're probably understaffed. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's kind of crap, but I'm, I'm having a beer and something. And um, it's really funny because next next to me, and I'm, I'm at the bar, next to me, there's this American dude and um, he's being approached by a woman and, um, She's asking him, where, where are you going? He says, I'm going to Paris uh, with his old business class airline. And she's like, wow, what is this? So, so I didn't realize, but La Compagnie is a pickup line as well, because oh, clearly wow. they weren't going. <laughs> Bravo. She was so interested in the old business class model. Um, yeah, so then, you know, that, that, that part of the terminal is tiny. So I stay there. So I didn't use the whole $30. 
Uh, and I said, can you keep the change? And uh, the lady said, no, the voucher does, we cannot use the voucher for tips. I'm like, oh, this is really, <laughs> really bad from the, anyway, I gave the tip obviously because I was giving it anyway, but I'm like, can you, you know, since I was not using it entirely, I said, maybe you can say, thank you for the team. No, okay. Uh, boarding, yeah, go to the boarding gate. Uh, can I get a seat? And then goes the dilemma. There was only one seat available. It was the emergency exit, but it was the ALS mm. 9C. What would you have done? Would you have rather kept your uh, window seat, which is not emergency exit, or would you have taken an ALS seat? Uh, I would have stayed in the window. Yeah, there you go, me too. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't take the ALS. I said, ah, well, I kept that my seat was 17 something, whatever, which is all the same, because I wanted yeah. the window. And biometrics boarding mm, then. That's way. interesting. So there was something recognizing me to, to enter the aircraft, and but she still checked my passport. So I'm like, maybe it's on the process of being completely paperless. But anyway, it was great. Um, so the marathon also happened during the time mm. I was in New York. And I didn't do the marathon, guys. I actually avoided it because there was too many people. What I didn't realize is people are very proud to do the marathons because the day after, I was still in New York, people were walking the street with their medals on. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay. And a lot I of I think them. there's a lot yeah. of places in New York that give discounts and free stuff to people that have completed oh. the marathon if you present your medal. Maybe that's yeah. it. Okay, thank thank you. But the reason I mentioned that, because a lot of people have their medals on boarding the oh. plane. Okay, so that's a, that's a yeah. Well, no, 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 but it was just two days after the two marathon, days. right? So wow. I'm like, mm, okay. And uh, turns out, and I'm not kidding, 70% of the flight is people who had to run the marathon. Really? and their families or supporters. And it's a big party to the point that the, the pilot comes on board and like, congratulations to all the marathoners. And like, there must have all been these some people like... were French people who had flown just to the marathon wow. and were flying back and they all know each other. So basically you're in a, not a party plane, but you are like in a plane where you feel a bit like, why do I not know anyone? Yeah, yeah. Because everybody seems to know each other. <laughs> And nobody respects the seats they're on, which is fine. Again, it's an old business class, all the seats are the same. Which meant I had like, I think three people different set next to me during the entire <laughs> flight. And it was just because it like, it was really fun though. Right, it sounds like a great, great atmosphere. Time. Yeah, it was a great atmosphere. Right? And, the, and, the, and the crew was in, you know, they they played into with it, right? And yes, so 17F on the other side. Yes, there is, I think, slightly less leg room. So guys, if you ever fly like company, the emergency exits provide a little bit more legroom. I passed by row one, by the way, I should have said that for those who are interested again, to fly with them. It feels like it's not a good option in terms of legroom. You don't gain anything. You might actually even lose the cubicle seems smaller. So don't, don't do row one, even though they were always mm. full. Um, again, from boarding completed to taxiing and arriving, 16 wow. minutes. I counted, man. Six, actually, flighty counted for me. <laughs> uh, that's so that's so quick. Yeah. So that, again, that pre-departure drink, that champagne, get it quick. Clearly, the plane came from Milan because the wines were Italian. <laughs> that's interesting. Exactly. Uh, there was new sets of movies, which I both like and dislike. They probably don't have like a lot of licensing, so they they put all the new movies. And now this movie had started like 10 days before, like, oh shit, I cannot finish mm. it now. Uh, I'll have to find it on the streaming service. Anyway, it's one of these flights where you're, you're hoping to sleep four hours out of a six or yeah. seven hour flight. 
I slept two and a half, oh. not because I didn't sleep well, but because I was excited to try to stuff again and to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, I can I didn't really that. eat, you know, so I, was, so I was really tired. I had to learn how to jump over the person next to me again. It's something I haven't yeah. done in a while, you know. <laughs> Thank God I have long legs. So landed early, deplaning so fast. There's a fast track for passport when if you are in La Compagnie when you That's land good. at Orly. So really, again, it's, this airport is cramped, a bit old. It's super fast. I was out in 10 minutes. By the way, they provide, in case you live in, in Paris and want to use them, they provide luggage transfer. You can have your luggage delivered to your house. Oh, wow. um, they have valet service. If you arrive with your car, they will actually you know, park it for you. That's all like company. That's, see, that's really end-to-end -end service. I like that. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, they, they probably use third party for all the services, right? It's not their own staff, but it's really smart. And, and again, the plane, again, it seems to be a lot of leisure travelers, but it's really fantastic, man. It's a, it's a great service. Would I, would I, would I use it consistently? If they were to depart from uh, Gatwick or Heathrow, I would probably use them because the price is really, really below what you have in the competition. And that departure landing, the quick, the speed at which it happens is just staggering. Of course, when you are sat in the front of any cabin, You'll be sat first, one of the first people to be sat, or you'll be leaving the aircraft first. But that feeling of you sit and 10 minutes later, you're basically taking off. There's yeah. no way any 777, any, it's not, it's just not yeah. possible. Even JetBlue no, cannot no, no. do it. It's wonderful. I wish, I hope that they continue and I wish and I hope that they expand a bit, that they go back maybe to London, maybe it's too expensive for them, I don't know. Uh, they, they are acquiring these new 21 long range, so probably they'll have four aircraft at some yeah. point. <laughs> so maybe, uh, I don't know, they're doubling their, uh, yeah. Can it compare with uh, some of the business classes that you've and me experienced? Probably not completely because, you know, there's no doors, there's no one one. It's the, there's a few things you don't get part of any alliance. But it's great. And the mood lighting, you were talking about the light at, at Cathay Pacific, the mood, it's really well done. They use these hues of uh, light blue and it really works well. And the crew is super kind, super attentive. On that return flight, you, you realize the crew knew that everybody wanted to eat quickly. They were really fast whilst not being pushy. Mm -hmm. They find that right balance and I really, really enjoyed it. You should. I'd you love to. You're really selling it. So I'll leave to Charles de Gaulle. It took me this time, thank God, there was no holidays, whatever. It took me less with the taxi. Uh, and I arrived way too early because, again, I didn't know. So I, I landed, uh, what was it, 9, 8.30 a.m. Uh, I think, maybe I'm mistaken, doesn't matter. But early morning at Orly. And uh, my return flight, I said, okay, I'm going to get at 2.30 p.m. Just in case, you know, I don't want to have to rush in case the plane is late, although they always are ahead, La Compagnie. I'm like, I don't want to, I have to switch airports. It's not easy in Paris. But I'm way too early at Charles de Gaulle, 2D. Uh, and I see that there's a BA flight at 11.45 and it's not even 10. So I'm like, oh, wow. So because I've been so many times to Charles de Gaulle, I look for the ticketing. No, I knew it was there. I couldn't find it. So, so I go directly to the, to the checking desk and says, is there ticketing here? He says, no, there's no ticketing in Paris. So they removed it. Okay. So I, I said, I want to switch flights. You need to call them. Oh, for God's okay. sakes. So I call them. So I called the BA gold number, which by the way has changed. Uh, BA, by the way, I understand that you've changed it. It hadn't happened. You know, the international one that you, you're calling. But when you call, instead of like putting you through, 
it gives you the number in a very quick fashion and then hangs on. Oh. You're like, oh shit. So I, I called it three times to note the right number. <laughs> anyway, I called the BA gold line. Uh, I had checked in to my flight, who was at 2.45. And I said, uh, can I get the earlier flight? He said, in, in order, f- it's not his fault. He was very good. Huh? Uh, in order for me to check, to quote you, I need to offload you because you already checked in. I'm like, fine. I wait on hold for about six, seven minutes. And then he quotes me 150 pounds. Oh, give me a break. To change. And I'm like, okay, because my f- original fare is not available on the earlier flight. And again, Expert Flyer was, was showing me there was a lot of, I'm like, okay, whatever. I said, he was very sorry, apologetic, by the way. I'm going to go back to my original 245 and I'll spend time in the lounge. Well, and I said, can I check in again on the BA's app? I said, yeah, you should be able to. Famous last words, because I could not <laughs> check back into the PA app. And when I go to that check-in counter, which is open, they look and say, oh, you're under 2.45. No, you can only check in three hours oh, before. Oh, break. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, I can, so basically, it's fine. I took a coffee, landside, and whatever. But these little things sometimes. Anyway, uh, I end up actually checking. I still have to go to the counter exactly three hours before. And then uh, that's what I see that Charles Gaulle has done a lot, lot of investment. They've not, the security is still the same. They, they haven't really improved on, they haven't the new machines, but as soon as you get out, get after the security at 2D, this is one of the refurbished terminals. They're making a big effort. It seems everything is bigger. There's more light. There's huge windows on the air, Apron. And that's what you think about Ether. You're like, you know, they haven't created a new terminal. They refurbish yeah. whatever they had and it works. It looks brand new. The duty-free looks brand new. Everything is airy. The, it seems that the ceiling has gained like, I don't know, 10 meters everywhere. It works. And they have also, and that's where I went, they have also, because BA has an agreement with them, they have this X-Time lounge, the same name of the lounge that I was at Orly. Exact same, similar feel. You know, the, the furniture was the same, etc. Really great, really lovely. No terrace there, sadly, but lovely, lovely place. And I'm thinking all the time there, I'm thinking, guys, what is it? What are these Ether yeah. doing? I mean, this is, again, this is a same airport. They're not, it's not a brand new, it's not Abu Dhabi who created a newer midfield terminal. It's not Hong Kong was creating their new T2 terminal, which opens next year. It's like the same terminal, the, the closing part of it. I think C and a currently has our clothes or whatever, and it, man, it looks great. It looks great. It's not, is it competing with Abu Dhabi, which both of us haven't been? Probably not, but it's really yeah. nice. It's really nice. So I, I, I don't know what they, anyway, um, then the flight itself, because that's very interesting. Um, so I, again, a 320, you know, no matter what I said about BA, every time I, I step into a BA flight, I feel home. So I like that. Uh, there's something about it. Uh, and that's probably why I complain about BA because I want them to be good. That's what we, we complain yeah, about. Yeah, it's your, it's your home carry. Your uh, this good. time, in, I mean, uh, okay, this time I'm in business, right? And uh, I'm on 1F, uh, and I had seen that 1D was blocked by Expert Flyer, and clearly it was. Maybe because I'm gold, they kept that one blocked as much as they could, and it stayed empty next to me, so the first row. Uh, I'll miss that gold when I lose it next year, man. Anyway, first time in forever that I had a recognition. Wow. Not that it matters. We talked about it. I can live without it uh, because, again, especially on long short haul, such a short haul flight is like, we're like 25 yeah. minutes, whatever. I'm kidding. James, the best recognition I've had in a decade. What? 
none of it was scripted. Pro of course it was in a way, but it was just a conversation with me. What brings you to London? I said, I'm going home. And I said, I was, I'm, a bit, uh, I'm tired. I was in New York and now Paris. And he answers, oh, all the best cities, London, New York, Paris. And then he adds, the captain also wants to go home, so he will put his foot down <laughs> and with a smile, you know. And uh, I don't know, he had, we discussed a bit further during the flight, really lovely guy. He said, if I understand correctly, that he had just turned 40. So he's not like the old guard because 40 is not that old. But he had that feel of someone who had the entire legacy of customer service on him. Yeah, yeah. He knew exactly what to do, that customer-facing culture. And I didn't say that to him, but I'm like, hire this guy to tell all the other guys how to do it? Yeah, yeah. Because he was absolutely fantastic. Nothing felt scripted, nothing felt forced. I'm sure that BA has a, not an algorithm, that's a big thing, but maybe, because I've seen that, and I'll come that in the next episode in other airlines, maybe if like there's, too many people above you and to recognize him might not go down mm -hmm. to you, even though I'm going, maybe there's like, it's, let's say there's four Ed Parsons in the flight, they must just do the yeah, Ed Parsons yeah. because he's gold yesless and not Paul. And that I get, which is why I don't we don't complain with there's no yeah. recognition, but that the way he handled, it, it feels like he did it not because he had to, but because he wanted to, because he, if I, he was finding pleasure in to, to deliver it. It was superb. It was oh, personal, amiable, professional, it was fun. And I remember because I texted you at that, at that point, I said, you know, no matter, you know, in terms of product, whatever, we can always discuss. But for that, when B is good, they're the best. Yeah, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And they definitely seem to have turned a corner. And then, yeah, and the captain was really funny because it was a brand new uh, 320 Neo and the captain was very proud of it, clearly. Uh, she, she kept, uh, was there she or he? I don't remember. Kept repeating that, that, that it was a brand new 320 Neo. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Anyway, uh, yeah, and then... Uh, Ended in Eddythrow, uh, 35 minutes early on the, a lot of time. The captain was very pleased uh, about that. Uh, 5C, though, mm -hmm. you know, Terminal 5C had to walk, 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 but it's fine. It was really great. That'd be a fine. So, La Compagnie, guys, do it if you can. Yeah, I want, definitely want to try Alex, that. Alex, do it if you definitely can. Definitely want to try that now. Uh, makes little sense to go to first, but if you're ever in Paris or... It's something, yeah, you won't get miles. I mean, you get like some whatever points they give you, which I'm never gonna do anything about it. Will I do it again? Look, if I go to, go to New York, of course, I'd rather not go to yeah. Paris too. But let's put it, it's a possibility. If that client of mine that has this specific partnership asks me back next year, I think they will. I know I, I, found, I sound very cocky right now, but <laughs> the thing was a success. If they tell me again, La Compagnie, I might say yes. Yeah. When I said yes the first time, it was like, I'm going to do it because of yeah, layovers yeah, yeah. and because I wanted to see it. This time I say, you know what? It was really cool. I'm going to do it again. Nice. So, yeah. That's an endorsement. There you go. Guys, if any one of you has, has, has used it, let us know. If you have any questions, let mm -hmm. me know. There were so many other things I wanted to talk about, but we're reaching the two-minute, two-hour mark. We have reached it, actually, so I want to let Alex go, and we'll do another one this, this month, next month, yeah. probably, hopefully, because we say that, and then famous last words again. Alex has to go to Excel, and I have to go to Karachi <laughs> or something. Or maybe the, maybe the opposite. Maybe I'll end up in Excel, and Alex will end up in Karachi. Uh, any any other things you wanted to say? No, before I don't we think so. This? No, this is a fun episode. Yeah, it was. Sorry, so it was really me talking. No, no, both, both of us were balanced this time. We have to do, I mean, I'll put the music and we'll talk over it. Where is it? Yeah. What are the, do you have any next flights before the end of the no, year? I don't think so, P possibly, but I'm trying to avoid it. I'd, I'd rather just stay at home. 
Sif. You know what I have to say? Yeah. I have. I was thinking of going to Athens and like in Geneva. I mean, Tokyo was always in the plan. But Tokyo, I think, it was going to be next year. Uh, oh, yeah. I think I want to spend a lot of time here. So. so. I always stay over Christmas. Uh, and actually, I have many friends coming over. So yeah, I'll be in uh, Guys, you have to tell us yes, about please. your flights. We'll have so. Alex will tell us about Rhodes. Alex will tell us about Vilnius. Alex will tell us about Helsinki. So I think there's Lot, there's Finnair, there's BA there. Uh, I will have to tell you about and Doha Airport, the new part of Doha Airport. Yeah, yeah, Gardens. It's just, it's just incredible. Just incredible. I'll have to talk about Turkish. Yeah. I'll have to talk about being downgraded too. You know parts of the story. Uh, very interesting stuff. So probably next episode. Oh, the cover. And on that, safe travels, guys. Happy flying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank no, you. No, that's good, man. That was fun.